Welcome to episode 49 of the Paropod. We're back in full HD audio. Uh, <laughs> good to be. It's great to hear the sound of our own voices properly. Well, we heard it last week, but it was different, you know, yeah. different, different circumstances. You, that was th- the audience wasn't hearing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was devastating, though, you know. We, we recover that, I think. Absolutely. I think the audience will agree that we recover that. But um, yeah, it's good to be here. How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm very good. Watched a few movies this week, you know yourself. Went to ah, Holt yeah. on the weekend. Same, same. Mm. Went to Holt. Got absolutely butchered. Butchered by the rocks. No one told me that the rocks were like like razor sharp down there. Yeah, man. It's off that, yeah, the Stone Beach. Yeah, the Stone Beach, yeah. Were you, what day were you there? Sunday. I was there on the Saturday, right? Mm. And we we started off the small, like, uh, not even the small beach, like the Holt Beach, the one that right beside the Dart Station. Mm. And we were there for a while, and, like, the tide was still in, so, like, the beach was tiny, and we're like, ah, here, we'll just move to the other beach, and we went to the other beach, and because the tide was in, grand to, f- to go in the water. Mm. Later on, tide went out, feet got fucking destroyed going into that water, then. Which one was that? Was that the Burrow Beach, or um, the one, like, you know, in Hoth? You know, the, the one that you have to go, Sutton. the one that you have to go up, uh, and the then hill, down steps. And then down all yeah, the steps. Yeah, 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 that one. Uh-huh. That thing's that thing's not even a beach. That's just like that's just rocks. Yeah, no. There's like there's like one small patch of sand, and there's like it was like there's loads of families there. It's like I'm not but gonna, it's it's I'm okay to sit that. on the to sit on the rocks. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. It is really comfy enough. Yeah, yeah. It's just but you're, if you're walking down, like even the walk down fucks with your feet. Yeah, no. And then you get into the water, and it's way worse. And yeah. it's like you don't know where you got because like, there's like rocks underneath the water as well, and it's like it doesn't really level out. There's no sand until like twenty meters out. Oh man, I'd say keep going, honestly, because when I, because people were swimming, when the tide was in, people were swimming out to this, this boy that was like, yeah. a good bit out, right, mm. or like a decent bit, out. I don't know how far out, like, let's say 20 meters out or whatever, mm. but like, when the tide went, when the tide went out then, the tide was in, then when the tide went out, like, I got into the water, and I, like, had to walk fucking ages to actually get into the water, and then I could walk, and still be within my depth, up until that boy. Oh, really? And like the fucking, I was what just time like, was that? about like six o'clock. But Jesus, man, like the fucking, like it, it has such a steep uh, like decline, mm. and then it just levels out for fucking ages. Yeah, it's good for a beach. Mm. Good for a beach. Plenty of room to swim and stuff. Because I, I hate when I can't touch the ground. Yeah, same. I don't know? like it either. Like I can swim, but I don't like not knowing that like. Uh, especially there's like space beneath me. Well, especially you, know? you have to swim in there, and like I couldn't properly swim because yeah, I hit my feet off the ground like yeah, off exactly, rocks that yeah. were just sticking up. Yeah, I was trying to stand up, and it's like suddenly yeah. the, the 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 ground has moved up a meter, and I'm like, just scraping <laughs> my knees. You know, it was it was disgraceful. I, I hadn't been in the sea in, in quite a long time. Yeah, same. It's so, been ages. Yeah, it was great. Felt amazing. It was great. It's great when you get out and like you lick your lips, and it's like mm. salt, salty. It's Man, yeah, like. <laughs> Because uh, at the start, obviously, it's fucking freezing. But once you get your head underneath the water and you're in there for a little bit, it's grand. It's yeah. grand. Yeah, it's worse to get out. Yeah, yeah it, it is worse to get out. Yeah, I'm. All, I'm always proud about leaving my stuff on the beach. Yeah, same. I don't like. Doing I don't that like either. that. But there was a guy beside us, and he was like on his own, and he went down. And he was like, "Oh, do you mind looking looking after my stuff?" We're like, "Yeah, of course." And then he came back, and he's about to leave. We we're like, we we're going down. He's like, "I'll wait. I'll wait and watch your stuff." And like, I was like, "You're a fucking king. You're a king. legend. You are a king of the people." Mm-hmm. You know, I love that guy. Sound, that is proper sound. Yeah, that's dead on. Like, that's what to do it. Because I'm always thinking that. Like, I'd love to go by myself if, like, you know, like after work or something like that. It's like a lovely day, especially mm-hmm. the past few weeks. It's like, oh, I'd love to go to the beach, but like, first of all, it's like so much effort. But also, if you're getting to any beach in Dublin is a fucking effort. Yeah, thing. yeah. But also, like, if you're on your own, I'd I'd always be like looking back at my stuff. You yeah. Know? I'd be like, oh, no one's watching it. You know. 
I so. don't know how those cunts do it and they go off to Dolly Mount and they just swim. Yeah, yeah. Don't know mm. how you do that. Yeah, I, I don't get that. Dolly Mount is just like, I, I just, apparently that's a really nice beach in some parts, but I, I just imagine it's like the fucking gravel, grey gravel and then mm. like fucking sludge water and stuff. Not my vibe. Same. That's what I picture it as as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I'm only there, I'm only there for walks in the evening though. Really. I'm only ever there at that time. Oh, really? The fucking tide goes way out there. Jesus, the tide goes out so far in Dolly Mount. Yeah, the tide's mad. Yeah, the tide's moon. crazy, the man. Moon, the moon, what's that about? How's the moon doing? I don't know. Dragging on, gravity the, or some dragging shit? on the sea, you know. What's that about? Gravity is fucking bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's still a mystery. They still don't know wh- how it works. Just big things they floating about. They, yeah, they don't get it. They're like, why? Why is it so powerful? But it's also the weakest thing. You know? Yeah. One of those things. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. But like, even like the fact that it, like, it affects time as well. Yeah, yeah. What's like that about? It pulls in time. How does that make any sense? That makes sense. Yeah. It just means that time is a... Time is space. Yeah, time and space. Yeah, the same thing. Is it the same thing? Yeah, space-time. Space-time. Space-time continuum, man. Uh, What's that from? It's just every sp- every time That's travel thing ever. Yeah, ever. it's the space-time continuum. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek or something? I don't know. You know, Star Wars, maybe uh, Toy Story or something. You know, mm. to infinity and beyond. But no, yeah, it's space-time. Time and space is the same thing. You know? When you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I was just thinking about, like, you know the way that, like, Earth is, like, slowly, like, <laughs> falling into the <laughs> sun? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the, you know the way that Earth is just, you know. <laughs> rapidly falling into the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, but, like, does that mean, like, from a... So there's a way that... Well, yeah, that means that there's somewhere... It's not a stable orbit, no? I thought, are we falling into the sun? I yeah, everything around the sun is falling into the sun. Is it? Are we not just going to get absorbed by it, though? It's going to, like, shit the bed and then it'll expand. Well, that's if you don't hit it first. Oh, okay. <laughs> Either oh. or, we're fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's billions and billions and billions and billions of years down the line or whatever. It's like, four billion years, yeah. But, like, what I was thinking of is... But it's so obvious now that I think about it. From, from You could go somewhere and then come back, and, like, a second has gone by, and, like, Earth has fallen into the sun. Like, it's already gone. Yeah, like, if you travel at light speed. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so weird, though, you know? Because mm. you could travel... You could travel to the nearest star... If you do it instantaneously, that's four light years away. Alpha Centauri, I think it is. And then you get back, it's under four light years. Eight years have passed. Yeah. But to you, it could only be two seconds. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. You know, eight years. Or if you go to a, like a more distant star, it's like the, the, like the furthest, 13 billion light years away. You come back, it's like, lads, what happened? You know, mm. 26 billion years have passed. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Earth? You know? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. But to you, it's like nothing. Well, no. When when you go like if you're if something's eight light years away, that means you have to travel eight years at the speed oh, of light. Yeah, yeah. Which fucking means it's even fucking. Further. Wait, wait. How does that work then? So wait, eight bit. Wait. So wait, four light years away. Say the nearest star. So that's eight years. Uh, full voyage. Full voyage but, but what, at the speed of light. But what's happened here? Is it not? It's the same here, isn't it? Time's just passed. So what's the time dilation thing? How's that come into it? Where are we? I think it's <laughs> is it something you have to move faster than the speed of light or something. That's not possible, though, is it? I thought. Well, we don't know. That's what we know <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, that's true. There could be something out there that probably. Well, you could fold it, warp drive, fold space time like a sheet of paper. But that's not faster though. That's just like closing the gap mm. between space. I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's beyond our, our, our the scope of our yeah, knowledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time <laughs> dilation. <laughs> time dilation, speed of light. I have no idea. I, just I don't know, to, man. Isn't it Neil deGrasse Tyson every so often? Yeah, like, I was watching TikTok. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what even what even we looking at this week? 
Um, I watched The Matrix this week. Oh shit, that makes sense. Yep. Here we go. Shit. Time. You took man. the red pill. Ah, uh, red pill out of it, man. You got red pill to bits by the Matrix. Yeah. By the Wachowskis. By the Wachowskis. Mm. You see, there's a new one coming out. Yeah, this, this year. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Can't remember what it's called. I think mm. it's called Make- Matrix Evolution or something like that. Yeah, that's a terrible title. But the two, the, man, I love like what is it? The Matrix, Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, yeah. And then Matrix Revolution. Revolution. I think. Matrix Reloaded, perfect title. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you just imagine it going, you know. I've never seen any of the other Matrixes. Matrix guys. <laughs> yeah, what's the plural of that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently they're rubbish. Apparently. Apparently they're shy, especially the third one. I remember seeing nothing about the. Ma- I remember seeing the Matrix One when I was younger, and then seeing Matrix uh, like Revolutions, or whatever the fuck it's called, Revelations, Revelations. <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Um, the third Matrix movie, and just seeing like a guy in a mech suit, like f- Gatling gunning, like all these like spider robots that were coming after him. I was like. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Where the? I was like, what the fuck? Where did the, like? Cause like, because compared to that, the Matrix movie is pretty low key. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty simple concept, you know. Isn't it like it's like a rip off of a book though, isn't it? I don't know. The Neuromancer. I, I think have it no is. idea. By Neil Stevenson, I believe, or no, William Gibson. I think it is. It's like the same kind of concept of you know a Matrix or like a cyber. It's like cyberpunk. Yeah, isn't it? Cyberpunk is fuck. Yeah, yeah, but has. Keanu Reeves in it Lawrence Fishburne they're all coming back as well this year yeah I know they're all back what in what the it. fuck what yeah. is, but, what, but it's only one of the Wachowskis is doing it now oh is it yeah one of them dropped is out is it Lily or Lana I think I think it's Lana I think mm. I think Lily dropped out or something for some reason but it's like it's not like a feud I think mm. it's just like she's doing it because she had an idea or something yeah, like something that like I don't that, know yeah. we'll see I'm looking forward to it it'll be fun but yeah. the Matrix yeah the Matrix yeah what's the premise of the Matrix so for those of you that don't know <laughs> yeah. the Matrix is about Neo um, Neil. Neo. It's about Neil. <laughs> <laughs> um, Neo, the one. <laughs> like He's the chosen getting one. Getting woke. Oh, shit. Unlocking his inner abilities within mm. the Matrix, whatever. Um, we all know the Matrix. But, like, you know, watching it now and, you know, being a little bit older and, you know, understanding that films can be talking about things. I kind of enjoyed the Matrix a little bit less now because, like, <laughs> Jesus, this film is so fucking preachy. Like it's really what's preachy. it preachy about? Like there's a mo. It's not even so like at all. It's just like there's one. There's a bit where like they're walking in the street, mm. and it's um it's when the the red dress girl comes into it. Do you remember that bit? That bit where like he's just like always keep your eyes open on everyone. Anyone could be an agent. And then he's like, look, ah. like did she distract you? And then he turns around, and Agent Smith's there with a gun and said, ah. But like before that, they're like walking in the major or in the training simulation. And Morpheus is talking about like all the people that are around, and he's just like he basically says at one stage like anyone that's not with us is against us. And Neo like looks at a cop who's just like <laughs> like jotting down something yeah. and like st- stares back at Neo like menace menace evilly, evil like. Um, and I was like, oh wow, it's like n- it's not subtle at all. But like I'm like, I well, am what's he trying to say? Hates cops. Hates the it's system. Just, the system, bro. Got to tear yeah. the system down. Wake up. Like, Wake you know, up. Yeah. They're they're. It's like yeah, uh, you know, it's the Matrix. Like they're keeping you neutral, not keeping you active. They're suppressing. They're keeping you to... sleeping those pods. Yeah, wake up, bro. Yeah, wake up. Take the red pill. Take the red pill and wake <laughs> up. Exactly. That's in this one, isn't it? That is this That's one. Yeah. Thing. Like, yeah. He's just like he's holding his hands. Choose the blue pill. You wake up. What if I told you everything you know is like you know not real or whatever? It's bullshit. Yeah. But like you know, 
it's that's okay. Like I'm okay with the Matrix like not being subtle because it's not subtle at all. One of the main villains in this film, who is played by fucking Ralphie from The Sopranos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in this. Man, he, he's great. He's a great actor. He plays the guy that like stabs in the back mm. and like kills a few of them. His name is Reagan. In this. In this. Ah, oh, that's not very subtle, yeah. at all, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up Reagan. Jeez. Yeah, he's a, he's great. He's, he's great, great little villain. He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah. But again, he like he he's like always a, a sniveling little shit. Yeah, he has that kind of voice. And yeah. in that face. Yeah, the face. He's the well. face of a fucking rat, basically. Yeah, his head's all like spherical. <laughs> but yeah. I forgot that like this was this came out before he was in Sopranos. Oh yeah, which is like pff, crazy. back in the day. Sopranos, like ever ever look at like Sopranos, like season one stuff like that. After watching the end of it. Sort of this, it's time dilation. Yeah, you know? You're like oh my god, this is this is the nineties. You know, transported back to nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. What a year, you know. But like then with the Matrix as well, the whole like just Morpheus as a character, like the lines <laughs> he comes out with yeah. are just ludicrous now. Like it's so fucking cheesy, mm. and the costumes, like everyone knows what the Matrix looks like. Yeah, and like like back in, I'm sure back in nineteen ninety nine, coolest shit ever. Now. It's a vibe that you have to like adjust to, and you have to like you have to get on board with the Matrix because it's got a bit of chunk to it, and like yeah. it's not it's not very like sleek and slender like you remember it being, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like but was that when was Columbine or Columbine whatever you call it? I think it's nineteen ninety nine. They literally, but they wear the same outfits. Like, yeah, man, it's so a cool weird. vibe. It's a cool vibe, you know, the, the long leather things. What you call it? Waistcoats. Waistcoats, yeah. Or uh, trench coats. Trench, trench coats. coats. Yeah, the well, trench coats. Wearing leather waistcoats. Maybe that's. The, but I. The, new this, one. the whole thing is like a, it's a vibe you have to. It's just you have to get on board with. Kind of kind of campy. It take it's a, yeah it's campy as fuck. That's yeah. what, it's camp. Camp. It's camp. Camp now. city, yeah. But yeah, like, now, but at the time, it's like camp. whoa, it's like yeah, it's all the music and all. Oh, the music and yeah. even like the special effects. Obviously, the special effects don't really hold up that well. Yeah, the scenery is like. Dodging the bullets. That's in this one, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's still, but like, it's that more never so looked good, really. But, but it's, like, it's, it was a cool concept. It's more so the, the like explosion, <laughs> in it. I wouldn't say. Do you remember the explosion when they're breaking into the, up to save Morpheus? All oh, right. And um, some of the slow mo, doesn't look great. Mm. Doesn't look great. But you know that's like, that's expected. I I like the Matrix is still a blast. Still so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hugely influential, you know. Mm. Just even beyond films, you know. Insane. Yeah, insane stuff. Even the red pill thing. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, Taking on fuck? huge, completely divorced from the meaning, the original meaning. Well, not divorced from the meaning, but, but, like, but from, like, like, the original kind of setting that it But the thing is, is like, like being red pill is being, like, right wing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, like, the, f- the weird thing is, is, like, you, like, fundamentally misunderstand the Matrix then. Well, they just re- they they intentionally misinterpret it oh man i don't know because like because yeah it's, it, obviously the film doesn't advance that but you could it's like the film doesn't have a very set message in that way it's just kind of like anti-authoritarian yeah it? You know, which right? is which, what it is which can be like oh that means that you know you should be right wing or whatever yeah yeah because it's the whole thing of like get like waking up from like the reality that you live in Getting bro woke, yeah, and that yeah. reality can be whatever same way that like people read into the matrix now and like oh the wachowskis it's a it's a trans allegory yeah, yeah. even though that they've said like no, we made this with an intent. Like, we mm. were talking about something very explicitly. Like, it's very <laughs> obvious in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But even... Just what, like, deliberately misinterpreting it. Yeah, yeah but which is just crazy. I even mean, like the fact that, like, 
like when right wing is like, oh man, we're living in the Matrix, we're living in 1984. It's like, but like that's like the very different things as well, because like the Matrix is like a system of control, you know. Mm. It's more like Brave New World. It know? is very, like very Brave different. New World. They're like, but they're very different things, you know. 1984, like I don't know. Yeah, they're more about that, aren't they? You know, because the Matrix thing is like, uh that's more like a Q and on kind of thing, you know. It's like, oh, wake up. It's like it's a, it's like a secret society. It's like mm. a different level of existence, yeah. different level of like a mentality or something like that. QAnon is actually terrifying. They're hilarious, man. They're, I they just are, find that they're, they're funny, man. But then you see like the fucking protests in Dublin, and they're shouting like, "Michael Higgins is a pedo," and it's like that's just QAnon bullshit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff they come out with, like get you, like if you're gonna be if you're gonna start being conspiracy theories, stop taking away. Stop come up with something yourself. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come up with something original, something uh, unique to this island you can't be robbing American conspiracy theories calling everyone a pedo yeah see they had a, they had a pretty big rally there yeah massive rally man yeah fucked up that's yeah. so embarrassing that anyone went to that I'm so embarrassed for yeah. anyone anyone who even shares that stuff on Facebook it's oh, embarrassing man at this stage you're just like Jesus yeah it's bleak but that's the thing these people are like so disconnected from reality that they're not really a threat they don't exist in this in, this, in the same plane of existence as us but the other thing as well is that like they don't shut the fuck up about it <laughs> That's the thing. It's a cult. Yeah. It's a cult setup. You know, it's a cult system. Like, isn't it classified as a cult now? QAnon in the, sure in the US. Because that's pretty much what it is. Like that Q fella. I watch all those documentaries and work. They always come up. Uh, I watch them in full, but like, I get the lore now. I understand more of the lore <laughs> behind it. The whole Q thing. Mm. And uh, What is Q? He's a guy. He's an anonymous poster on a uh, like 4chan or one of them. And uh, he claimed to be an insider in the White House. And his his uh he built up this mythos and it involved Clinton and Epstein and all this stuff and um talking about a, a child sex ring in Hollywood and in DC and like the elites of America and how hey, tr- Pizzagate no yeah and how Trump yeah he basically like like pulled together all these like sort of different conspiracy theories and created like sort of consolidated consolidated them into one one kind of movement and he said that Trump was the chosen one like literally in like a religious sense to bring it all down Trump was Neo. Trump, yeah, Trump was Neo. Yeah. And, uh, like, it wasn't as if, he wasn't, like, I was watching one of the videos, and it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like, oh, Trump is a, is a fucking, he's the savior or whatever. It's like, he's been chosen by something else, by, like, some yeah. greater power. And, like, either you get behind him, like, he's not perfect, either you get behind him, or you're on their side. Like, if you're not with us, you're against us. Yeah. If you're not with Trump, you're against, you know, children or whatever, or, like, Western society mm. and stuff like that absolutely flat out insane you know? yeah i know but it, like no one knows who he is anyway like, like cia or some shit ah, <laughs> definitely cia like absolutely <laughs> all that stuff like the riots and stuff they have in little rallies that has cia written all over like mm. as a, but it's not as, even as if like he has a blog or anything it's just random posts on anonymous message boards and it's like signed q and they're like oh that's him like no way to verify but yeah. like, that's, that's probably him you know <laughs> it's so silly but that's the thing it's like it's just it's a uh, so devo- yeah the matrix is so devoid yeah kind of kind of yeah kind of taking all these uh different stories different allegories so uh, we talked about fucking uh feels good man ages back yeah yeah like that's the same thing there as well yeah quite similar yeah just taking it and just transforming it into something else yeah that's the thing yeah we have to accept that's that's, that's gonna happen you know you have to you have to fight back against it mm. you have to have uh, new stories but what i don't even understand about like like the matrix as well as like the whole red pill thing like when i was watching it's like oh they probably mean like you know red like yeah russia or something like that or yeah. like communism you know <laughs> communist red as opposed to republican red <laughs> yeah 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 
Yeah, that's, that's one of those things, you know. Blue pill to fuck, you know. Blue pill, you're blue pill, bro. You don't get it. You don't get it, bro. You're cooked and blue pilled. You're bleeding soy boy. <laughs> mm. You're such a beta male. Yeah, such a diverse lingo there. Mm. You know, it's just the same thing over and over again, just through different words. Well, that's that's kind of what the internet is, isn't it? You know, the Matrix. Yeah, pretty much. Ones and zeros. <laughs> yeah, ones and zeros and stuff, and like you wake up, like you plug into it. It's just a very relevant film. Mm. It is, and it's like a universal story as well. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just anti-authoritarian. Yeah, the people love that. Yeah. Be- the people love it. The people do be loving those stories. Do the people love First Cow? The people absolutely adored First Cow. Mm. It was apparently the best film of either 2019 or 2020. I think it came out in 2019. But it was widely released in 2020. So it was on like... I think it was The Sight and Sound had it as, mm. the, as the best film of 2020. Or one of those lists. Um, it was like top. It was first. And uh, it's on movie now. Yep. It's been on movie since July something, 19th. And uh, it came up with my recommended. And I was like, ah, Kelly Reichardt. I've been to watch her films mm. for a while. I've heard a lot, a lot of good things about her. Um, she did uh, some other films I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like a really kind of uh, kind of vibey director. Mm. Like transcendental. I was kind of following on from... Uh, Tokyo Story? Yeah, that thing we were doing the other week. Um, just kind of like that idea of a film that like sort of lingers mm-hmm. that lets it linger that lets let scenes breathe and characters breathe uh, and that's what this film is very very slow and boring <laughs> extremely boring but in like a you know like we're one with nature kind mm-hmm. of thing Cause it's about this it's set in the 1820s in America in the Oregon territory back before they were like they'd made everything into a state mm-hmm. and it follows these guys Cookie and King Lou King uh, Lu. King Lu. He's a like Chinese immigrant. All oh, right. So it's, just, it's King Lu. It's not like the king. He's just that's his name. And mm. um, they're just like sort of, they're just kind of there, you know. They're like fucking trappers, mm-hmm. and they're like uh, at this this settlement, this uh, trapping settlement that sort of focused around beavers and dams and stuff like that. And um, they get wind of uh, this cow has been imported, the first cow in the territory. Uh, but it's it's mate and it's calf died on the way in, so it's just this, it's just it's the first cow, mm-hmm. and it's just a single cow. Um, but obviously, like they're pioneers, they're on the frontier, they're not living a great life. Their bread is just flour and water, and just like you know, they're just barely getting by. And so they decide to uh, steal milk from the cow, and they they see the cow in like the pastures or whatever, just like sort of floating around the forest, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, love some milk. So they run over and start pulling on the tits. Get a big bucket of milk, and they start making biscuits, uh, and start making all these like sort of sweet confectioners, um, and obviously that's like a, it's like a luxury, it's like a treat, which they you know they're not used to at all because very harsh life life mm-hmm. that they live, um, so uh, King Lou comes up with the idea to start selling it in the town in like the sort of fucking little market square thing they have, and they make a mint, they make a mint, and they come they become famous because the guy Cookie is, is also a baker, uh, and he's really good at really good at his job. And the the guy who owns the land and owns the cow is a guy called he's called, he referred to as the chief factor, um, which was a title. It was someone who sort of like oversaw the chief factor. Chief factor, yeah. It's such a strange title. It's actually a th- it used to be a thing. It was like he over, sort of oversaw trade and stuff like that, mm. and sort of um, acted as like an, an intermediary between different parties. And in this, I think he owns the land and the cow. He's this English fella from London, and he's all proper and like uptight and like prim and stuff like that. Uh, he's always talking about London. Um, he's like preoccupied with uh, 
like fashion trends mm. in Paris. Um, because he's, he's there's a scene where he's discussing with like the chief or whatever, like one of the Native Americans in the local area, and he's like, "Oh yeah, beaver is out of fashion these days. Like the people people of Paris aren't wearing beaver anymore." But um, the chief is just like, "Who gives a rat's basically?" He's like, yeah. "Who gives a shit?" It's like beaver's beaver's good. Yeah. He's like, and he's like, "Oh, I don't understand why you white men don't eat the tail. The tail is the best part of the beaver and stuff like that." But he only sees it like the chief factor only sees it as. A fashion thing. As, yeah, textiles to import or to export off to, to faraway lands that, like, no one... That no one who he knows will ever go to, mm-hmm. you know? But uh, he gets wind of these lads who are making uh, these little little bread biscuits. And he loves it, obviously, as well. He's like, oh, it reminds me of London. And he's like, oh, can you make me... Um, I don't know what the fuck it's called. It's like a certain type of, of, of cake to bring to his gaff and then to give it to, like... Uh, some fucking English official mm-hmm. who's who's like staying in his house because uh, he wants to like show him up like to humiliate him. It's like oh I've like I've all these these great things these great servants I've I, I live in luxury or something like that you mm-hmm. know. Um, but the whole thing is like he's so sort of caught up with the the objectified sort of uh, image of what's mm-hmm. around him. Like he only cares about things. He's a very utilitarian kind of capitalist figure. Yeah. Like he has a discussion before Cookie arrives with the with the bread with the cake. Uh, at the gaff, he's discussing with the uh, other English fellow, and he's uh, they're talking about calculations and like uh, punishments to be doled out to, on a ship where where there's been a mutiny or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the other English guy is like, "Oh, um, twenty lashings should do," and he's like, "No, no, like sometimes you have to make an example, and uh, the like the the labor that you lose and the person you punish will be made up for in the labor you gain from the people who are afraid mm-hmm. of what they've seen." As this whole sort of discussion. Jesus, that is so fucking grim. Yeah, it's like a uh, Paths of Glory. The yeah. last Paths of Glory thing is like a whole decimation sort of idea. Um, but they have this whole discussion about the calculation of labor involved in something like uh, lashing someone. Mm-hmm. And he has this this uh, quote where he says, he has a line where he says, um, any any problem that can't be calculated, or any question that can't be calculated isn't worth asking. So it's very like really on the nose utilitarian mm-hmm. kind of like... Uh, Dickensian kind of thing where it's like he's just like a oh, this, you know sort of gruff factory owner who doesn't doesn't care about the people he only cares about the the, the bottom profit. line yeah the, the profit and stuff like that whereas all you know like the Native Americans they're like oh it's grand you know it's relax mm-hmm. and Cookie and King Lou they're just like they're just they just like the taste of the bread really mm-hmm. and they, they're, they're trying to get away they're trying to just make money to, to go off to buy a farm in California Um. Like that's their only interest. Whereas, like, it's just it's contrasting uh, someone like the chief factor who is there as an alien who doesn't really understand or really belong in the environment that he's in. Like, mm-hmm. he's the only person with a proper gaff in the territory as well. He has like sort of like a manner, and everyone else is in like huts and stuff like that. And he's contrasted against the lads, even people like Cookie and uh, and Lou, who are just kind of part of the environment. Even the stuff they wear is like it's like like sort of uh, browns and stuff. yeah, earthy kind of mm-hmm. organic colors. Um, and they're basically living off the land for half the half the film, mm-hmm. and ha- they sort of possess all this kind of folk knowledge, um, and e- everything that they talk about is related to their immediate their immediate experience, either within the environment that they're in or their experience in the past. Like Lou has been to like different countries and all that, and he's like talking about uh, regional differences in China where he's from. Um, so it's all about that kind of thing. It's like oh, yeah. like you know, be one with the land, listen to the wind, and then like. Uh, the Brits, you know, the fucking, fucking Brits, fucking everything up with their calculations and their their oh, is that it? Their improvement, you oh, know, he's fucking at it. 
Because that's, cause that's at the dawn of that whole thing. Because, you know, just as the machine's getting started, the 1820s, you know, just after... Just when, uh, the, when the Matrix starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Modernity has just uh, sort of kicked off. And you have this sort of uh, building up, this accumulation of assets, of, uh, of productive forces. And you see it on the frontiers, and the Oregon, the Oregon Territory, or whatever the, whatever it is, wherever mm. they are, just in the wilderness, basically. Which is a really interesting, really interesting... Um, period of time really interesting place you know it goes back to the whole thing space mm-hmm. time time it's the same thing because it's a very specific it's not just a specific place a very specific time where uh, all these things are happening and uh, it's an interesting kind of kind of commentary on that kind of thing and mm-hmm. um, it's so boring yeah very, very boring <laughs> film my god I, I, I couldn't see what was going on to be fair i didn't watch it in like amazing like the right kind of circumstance, maybe. Like I was for, for part of it, I was watching it on the bus, and like I literally could. It's just the screen's just black. I couldn't see. Jesus, man, it, what are you doing? I know, but I had I had the brightness all the way up, and then I, I was home and I was watching on the TV, and it was still black. Mm. Like it was just, it's just there's parts that are just extremely poorly lit, or not poorly lit. They're just really darkly lit, mm-hmm. um, which I think is like a stylistic thing. Um, but it's very, very mellow, very meditative film, um, and like just it has the whole thing where the characters will sort of. Like they'll talk. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like a waiting for Godot kind of mm-hmm. thing, where the talks are kind of at each other, and like in these little aphorisms, and then they'll flow off screen. But the camera will stay. It's sort of like like lingering on the yeah. the grass or whatever. And uh, there's a cool shot at the end because they get found out by your man. He realizes they're they're nicking uh, his cow's milk because <laughs> he's like, here I have this I have this cow in. I poured this cow from France, like at great cost, and it doesn't produce any milk. And then. Uh, he realizes that they're nicking the milk to make their their little cakes, <laughs> which is kind of a, I thought that was kind of an annoying thing because it's, it's such a such a, like a small, like there's no stakes yeah. really. Like they're stealing milk and stuff like that. It's like really quaint. It's like a Wes Anderson film crossed with like a Terrence Malick film or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, they're stealing milk. Ooh. Yeah, I know what you, you mean. Know? Which uh, yeah. is really twee, but like it doesn't. It's yeah, not. It's, it's, it's not too twee. big a complaint. Really twee, yeah. But uh, yeah, he realizes they're nicking milk, and uh, so they have to flee. And uh, things kind of go wrong, and like they, they, uh, but they've hidden the money that they have in like a tree. And Lou goes back, goes back to get it. And I think it's Cookie wandering around in the forest, and he comes across the cow again. But the cow is enclosed, mm-hmm. like literally enclosed by a fence, just immediately around it. So I was like, the enclosures, you know, it's like extreme, re- like really on the nose, kind of like because uh, they've obviously they found it just kind of wandering around the commons around this forest area. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, by the end of the film, the cow has been enclosed into a fence area. So it's like, you know, private property, like the whole notion of uh, economic improvement, sort of taming the wilderness, dominating the land, so embodied in the cow. Yeah. You know, from the, the, the first scene to the last. Sounds interesting, though. It's an interesting film. But it's boring. It's extremely boring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. It's extremely boring. But it is good. It's good. I, 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 I'm sort of... Sort were you of, more into this than you were, like... The likes of, like Tokyo Story and stuff like that. No, no. Well, like Tokyo Story has stuff going on like in every scene. Mm. This is like it'll have like 30, 40, 30, 40 seconds of silence, like every you know ten minutes or something. Ah, uh, yeah. Where yeah, like yeah. It, there is something happening, but you have to be like I I didn't watch it properly because I didn't sit down. I feel like if you have to if you proper sat down and just chilled out and watched it, it's something that you could just you could click into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a vibe you have to hop on. Right? It's a vibe you have to really commit to. I think. Yeah. But. I was I was sort of confused that it didn't get like more Oscar attention because it's a really it's that kind of film that I think would do really well. Yeah, it's strange because no one really talked about it in terms of Oscar buzz. 
Yeah, because it came out in the States over a year ago, but it only came out here. Like, it's it's the official release here and in the UK was, like, last week. That's so weird. So, so it's kind of, like, disjointed. I was watching a, uh, a review Mark Camo did on uh, on YouTube, and the comments are just full of Americans going, like, wow, like, like you're a bit late to this train. <laughs> it's like, man, like, we, like, no one, I hadn't heard of this film until, mm. like, two weeks ago, you know. But, but like it's, Shut it's, up, Yanks. Yeah, stupid Americans. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know everything, like, you know? It's an A24 film. So. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Kelly Riker, I have to watch more of her. I've always meant to watch her films. Mm. It has, like, a little interview with her at the end of the movie um, showing. She seems like an interesting woman. Does she? Yeah. <laughs> well, she seems to have some good takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's grand. It's grand. I wouldn't recommend it now. Why would you give it, would you give it out of five? I'd give it out of five. Yeah. Out of five, I'd give it three and a half. Three and a half? That's three and good. Half. See, I wouldn't recommend it because it's something, if I had a week off, I'd like, I'd like I had a few spare hours, I'd sit down and watch it, you know? Mm. But like, if you're if you're doing things, you know, if you have things going on, it's like, it's a bit of a commitment for me anyway. No, I would, I wouldn't, that I, is fair. I wouldn't watch it again. That's fair. That's, yeah. But it's interesting. It is. Yeah, it sounds interesting. It's interesting. But it also yeah. sounds like it's a, it sounds it's boring. A, it's a commitment. <laughs> it's boring, man, yeah. That's a shame. That's that your look. It's about a cow. It's about, you know? it's about the it's first cow. It's about milking cow. a cow. It's about a f- the first cow in the Oregon Territory. It's very specific. There you go. In the 1820s. It's the best part about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so specific. <laughs> and it does exactly what it specifically sets out to do, which is very specific. Specific. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. What else do you watch? What have I been watching? I watched Ooh! The Baby. What? The Boss Baby. 1973. The prequel oh. to The Boss Baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this, this set the, the foundation stones. I tell you, this started off the baby movement. Yeah, this walked so the Boss Baby could run. Ah, uh, by God, that baby ran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nominated for an Oscar as well, that film. Boss Baby. Boss Baby, oh. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. When? Uh, animated. The first one. The first one. What? It's the world we live in. Anyway, the baby is like a kind of exploitation movie from the nineteen seventies. Oh. Um, its premise <laughs> is about a social worker who go who comes to a house to take care of baby. Baby is a twenty-one-year-old man with the mind of a of a baby, as in he walks around and is all fours. He wears baby clothes. He's got a big cot, and he's dubbed over with baby noises. What the fuck? It is disturbing on a level that I like. <laughs> can't quite word right. It, it's yeah. like it's a very visceral, <laughs> disturbing idea and image to see. Yeah, and it goes places, and it goes to places where it's just like, I, like I, I don't know about this. Like, what does it do? There's a moment, so basically, so the pl- so right, so the plot is all it's about baby, and like he's got a, he's he's ta- he's being taken care of by his mom and his two older sisters, and uh, there's a bit where the with the whole family are out, and baby is being watched over by his babysitter, and the babysitter comes up, and like because baby's making all this noise or whatever, and it's it's awful, like the noises in this fucking film. Are awful, like they're, they're like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, just the sound of them. Just the sound of them, and uh. like it's just everything about it. Anyway, she comes up, and baby wants out of the cot, so she lets him out, and he tries to like open the door, and she closes it, and then he says like, then she starts playing ball with him, and then he drills his head off the wall at one stage because he goes with the ball, 
And then she picks him up. And he's like, are you okay, baby? And then he's like, crying or whatever. And basically she ends up breastfeeding him. Uh, yeah. That's grim. Man, it's fucking grim. Wait, why? Because he wants to be breastfed. And she just, She's, she just lets him. It. What the fuck? I am 100% sure that this is a fetish film. Yeah. Yeah, like... The producer of this film apparently also stars in this film as baby. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That, yeah, this is basically just like a pervert film. Yeah, this is a dirty film for perverts. I didn't know they had those back in the, was it 70s? 1973. Because they have them now, adult babies. This thing is on Shudder. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Shudder. That's that's where it belongs. Uh, it's a horror film. Yeah, I, like, I don't know what else to classify it as, yeah. Just, like, what happens in it? Like the the social worker ends up. Right. Okay, baby. full fucking spoilers for this film, right? Oh no! Right, she ends up like being infatuated with baby and wanting to like take care of him, and like his family, are, like it becomes eventually becomes obvious that this isn't a man like you know who has the mind of a child. This is a man forced to have the mind of a child i.e. his is like his mom and his two older sisters would like like psychologically abuse him to force him to like stay at the mental age of a baby that is pretty creepy oh man that's dark yeah that is really dark it's very dark so anyway social worker ends up uh almost getting killed by the the three women but she survives and she murders the shit out of them. Mm. And then she gets baby. And she brings him back home. And her mom is there to also help take care of baby. This whole film is basically a bunch of women fighting over. Yeah, a baby. A grown man. A grown man. <laughs> in a diaper. In a diaper. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we have learned at this stage that the social worker had a husband who allegedly died in a car crash. Oh. I say allegedly because allegedly. Of him, he's not dead. Oh, shit. So she brings him into a room and she's like, go on, say hi to your new friend. And out comes another man baby who is her husband, who she has kept uh, similar to baby so that baby can be his playmate. And she's like, this is baby Lawrence. This is this is your new playmate. And they start fucking playing. And then she gets down in between them. And starts kissing the two of their heads and like hugging them and holding them. Man, it's awful. Like the the reaction that this film gets out of you is yeah. unlike anything. It is horrific. It's it's like horrifyingly cringy. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't look right. Yeah, I don't know. There's yeah, there's like a base reaction there. It's like like I don't know. There's like something like deep in like the monkey brain. Mm. Like, that's not right. <laughs> that's, that's not right. No. <laughs> There's something. That like, ain't right. <laughs> this this should this should be illegal. <laughs> that should be. Yeah, that sounds like a porno. Man, it nearly, the end. Like it, it easily could have been. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Oh man, it's fucking awful. That's so like because you know the way you have that these days, like you know adult babies mm-hmm. where they like they enjoy role playing as as babies. But like they can find each other on the internet. Like they have forums dedicated to stuff like that, where the people just enthu- internet's a dirty, dirty place. Yeah, they can find each other. But how did they find each other in the seventies? I suppose we're making they films all went, like this. They all went to go yeah. see the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all had to go see the baby. Yeah, and they're like, ah, oh, fellow, finally a fellow nappy enthusiast. 
That's so fucked up. But man, the noises that he makes, it's... Uh, what, <sighs> what noise do you make? <laughs> like baby noises and his crying and stuff like that. Like he cries like this 21-year-old. He even looks older than 21. I think he's like 30. Yeah, he looks about <laughs> 40, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's like crying with the noises of a baby coming out of him. And... It's also, but it's sorry, it's also an extremely boring fucking film, and mm. it's like you know shitty, like in all aspects of a film, it's shitty. But the like, the core concept of this film is like unnerving and like disturbing in a really, really precise way that I haven't experienced before. Mm. Yeah, that is really disturbing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things just stay with you, I suppose. If I, I don't know, I haven't seen it. But just looking at some of the screenshots, just like because it has that creepy seventies vibes, like the yeah. kind of thing you'd see on TV late at night, but you wouldn't understand what it is, mm-hmm. and you don't even know the name of it. But it stays with you for like decades afterwards. Yeah, that's what this film is. Yeah, because <laughs> like, you, you now you know the name. The quality is terrible as well. It's super Wait, you, on on Shutter. Yeah, like four eighty p or something. Oh, two forty. Like, it's not even like the quality. It's just like it is that seventies, like you know, TV film kind of thing. TV film, like like this didn't get the upper as to like you know. Texas Chainsaw or like <clears throat> Halloween or like uh, uh, Hills of Eyes got mm. like this is the, got the quality of like be of like Toxic Avenger you know what I mean ah, like, right. <laughs> yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah that's not right but Toxic Avenger is purposely shit whereas this yeah. one's just n- not really yeah it's not on purpose <clears throat> the baby yeah that's that's kind of like a different kind of thing of horror though isn't it unexplored horror I would say unexplored yeah unexplored territories King Car obviously makes you know, it's extremely disturbing. Maybe that's an interesting take on it, you know. It is interesting to, to, to plumb watch, the depths. Like, thinking about it. Yeah. Well, like, uh, thinking about the, the the horror in it and, like, the disturbingness of it is, like... Would that even be possible? I don't know, because I, I, I don't know how to, like... It's really hard to talk about. Because, like, it's... When you watch it and you see it, you want, like, you'll get, like, this... You'll get this visceral reaction from you. Yeah. But it's it's it's, like, there's something wrong <laughs> there's something wrong and i can't quite put my finger on it there's something like, seriously wrong it shouldn't yeah. be th- this disturbing for what it is literally monkey brain reaction it's like, mm. what the fuck so that's yeah. not that's not the way it should be <clears throat> but yeah d- is that even possible to keep it keep someone at, at a mental age of that like probably not but they like the taser them and stuff like that yeah maybe yeah like, they really kick the shit out of them <laughs> you wonder if that's happened it's ever happened yeah but you have the whole case well it's like different um Gypsy Rose. Yeah. Did she not kill? She killed her mom in the end, but like, yeah, yeah. Stu- all the stuff beforehand, I can't. What yeah, I know what called? you mean. I remember. Munchausen syndrome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But like, that, that was a horrific case of child abuse. Mm. But yeah. Gypsy Rose believed it for ages. Oh, did she? Oh, that she was like disabled. Yeah, she thought, like, she thought, I don't know. I th- I'm assuming that she did. And she couldn't, she didn't walk and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure she was in a wheelchair. Like her mom convinced her that she was in a, that she couldn't walk. Yeah, that was such a weird case. Yeah, mm. that's so. So bizarre. it is possible. Yeah, it is. Like to some extent. Yeah. What maybe not. Fuck? Maybe not to the level the baby goes to. <laughs> yeah, you have to be messed up though. It's like it's the basic like negative feedback thing because like when he sta- when he tries to stand up, they tase him like D- stay down, don't yeah. ever get up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like to yeah. hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all fucked from up. Like, from being a child, like he's grown up this in- his entire life like that. Yeah, stunted the bits. You know, the human brain's like fucking putty. It is. You can <clears> it. it was just dangerous. It was, just, it was probably the most scary thing of all. 
Yeah, it is. Do you know the brains are like mushy? Like if you if if you if a uh, you know if you ever see like a brain like a, a real life brain, um, it's been like tampered with. Like because if you took a brain out of someone's head, it just it's mush. Yeah, it's like liquid. It doesn't hold the form. It's like jelly. Mm. So how did they do it? They, like, like, they put they chemicals into it. Oh, really? Yeah. You never really see that anyway. I've never seen a brain. I've never seen a brain either. Yeah. But if you do ever see a brain, <laughs> yeah, watch now it. you know. <laughs> yeah. That ain't a real brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, fuck that. Fuck that is right. The human brain. No, thanks. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, And then continuing on from the baby, I watched another, be like, not exploitation, but like B-movie from the 70s. Or maybe it's the 80s. I can't remember when. Basket Case is the film I'm talking about. I don't know when it came out. Um... This is about um, a man walking around with a box, a basket, and he goes around, and in the basket is his uh, conjoined twin who is separated from him, but the conjoined <laughs> twin is like a ghoul, like he doesn't have any legs, he's like, it's like a kind of stump thing, and he's really, really strong, and he goes around murdering people. That sounds really cool. It is. That's it's a fun. great premise. It's a lot of fun. Up until like the last like ten minutes, but I'll get into that in a sec. Um content warning for this conversation. We're gonna have to talk about a rape scene in a bit. So if you don't uh, listen, not again. skip ahead. But so basket case is a lot of fun. Uh like the kills and stuff like that, cheesy, good gore, just a kind of inherently insane concept. And like really fucking cool special effects. Really, really cool special effects. Combination of like um you know, puppetry and there's like shots from like basket case, whatever the fuck his name is, basket cases uh, <laughs> perspective, and like they use like gloves for his hands and stuff like that, and they use like prosthetics or whatever. And there's also stop motion in the film because there's a bit where like uh, basket case gets out of his basket, and, like starts walking around the room, and they use stop motion for that, oh, and so like cool. he throws stuff around and it looks really cool. Mm. Like it, it's it's kind of bad so it's not intentionally like, a, like it's low budget like this is a lot like this Camp. thing this thing costs like 50 grand or something like, that. like this is a yeah, very low five thousand dollars yeah super low budget film but like it's charming as shit like it's so much fun to watch like basket case like, the character is just crazy and his weird brother coming walking around carrying him and like all the characters are like they all have like this weird like unique trait about them we're like one fella. Um, he's like the owner of uh, of the hotel they're staying in, and like just him running up and down the stairs and just like yelling at every one of every one of his uh, you know um staff. Not staff. The people that are staying. As guests. Yeah, his guests and stuff like that. Just like roaring at them and stuff like that. It's just funny. Um. But then, what happens is that the main character. Not basket case, basket Keith. Let's call him Keith. Keith like has a has a relationship with this girl. Um, when he kisses her at one stage, and basket case is like you know in his basket back home, <laughs> uh, they're still like connected, like as uh, mentally, yeah, mentally. So basket case hears this and starts losing it, and then it eventually develops into the point where the brothers like lying down in bed, and he's having this dream, and he's dreaming about the girl, and. He's dreaming about like touching the girl and like having sex with her, but then it's then it twists and it's actually basket case is doing that. Oh, and it's not a dream. Oh, and he's actually he's actually raping her. He's raping her. What the fuck? And what? he kills her. And wait, how? He kills her, but he like strangles her afterwards. Yeah, but like, how is he? 
I don't know. Like, how does he get to don't actually know. doing it? It's never explained. Oh, no, he like he escapes. He escapes and just finds her. He finds her, yeah. 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 Well, they could have done it in a better way, you know? They really could have, man. It really, like, like yeah. the film ends... That doesn't really make any sense. The film ended on a downer. I was like, ah... Oh, is that the just, end of the film? Like, that's basically the end of the film. Because so then, then the then case comes back, and the two of them fight, and they fall out the window. They fight. And they <laughs> die. They both die. They both die. There's Basquiat 2 and Basquiat 3. Yeah. And these two dudes are in every single one of them, so they don't die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's just the 70s, isn't it? They, the yeah, 80s. It's, just, it's like B-movie shock shite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they need something to be like, oh my God, why? But there's never there's never a why. There's no answer to the why. It's just like, just to wind you up. Basically. It's the same thing as... Um, Sleepaway Camp. Yes, mm. that's the, exactly what the I was thinking The same year. It's the same year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just doing something shocking at the end of it. Yeah, and I was like, "Are oh, you gonna ruin the entire film <laughs> from doing that?" Yeah, like, why? <laughs> yeah, why did you do that? Because like, he could do anything else. Really. It could have just been fun the entire way through. Or you could just have a murderer, you know, in some different way. Yeah. Or murder someone else. Yeah, or just yeah, or like have, just like, have her, just have yeah. him go rogue and like yeah. try to kill his brother. You know. Well, the, no, literally, just have him murder her. You don't have to have him rape her. You yeah, exactly. murder her. Yeah, ah, uh, it's just the eighties. Different time. It really, is a different time. <laughs> yeah. Different vibes. Yeah. We'll go for a quick break before. Aye. 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 We are back. And we are ready to talk about our recommended film of the two weeks. The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. 2007 film. Kind of neglected. Kind Andrew, of forgotten. Kind of forgotten. Kind of bombed on its release. People mm-hmm. did not like it. Uh, but it's one of those films that, you know, will stick around. It was a victim of its circumstances. It really was. You know? Because I looked this up after watching it. I was like, what the fuck? This must have won awards. Like, this had to have won Oscars. And I went on to the IMDb page. Nominated for two. Mm. And then I was like, what the fuck won that year? No Country for Old Men. I was like, yeah, ah. yeah, because kind of a Western yeah. kind of thing. It's like, because this is a very much like No Control Man is kind of like a weird, different kind of thing, different kind of Western. It's not mm-hmm. even in set during that time, more of a modern take on it. Whereas this is very much like an anti Western, like a revisionist Western. Mm. It's this is anti mythos of the Western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a complete response to the genre. You know, the whole Western genre being like a, you know, historically being like kind of like the. The uh, ideological scaffolding of of the American project, you know, yeah. that whole thing. Like, that was huge. Like early twentieth century cinema dominated by that genre. Oh, John Wayne, massively. Jesus. All the boys, the that's, searchers. Like that's what early American, like um, early Hollywood is known for, is like the western. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so many. And there's the western amounts. died. <laughs> it died a death. Yeah, in like the fifties, sixties, around about the sixties, things just kind of switched gear. You know, it moved into a different phase. But the whole the, the relationship that audiences had with the Western, not just in America, but like everywhere else. It's touched on the film because it is about Jesse James, the most, you know, probably the most famous outlaw, Western outlaw mm-hmm. uh, ever, you know? Everyone oh, knows Jesse yeah. James, yeah. Uh, you, know the, you know the name, like... Everyone knows Jesse James, yeah. Read the uh, little synopsis here. Robert Ford, who's idolized Jesse James since childhood, tries hard to, to join the reforming gang of the Missouri outlaw, but gradually becomes resentful of the bandit leader. And that's pretty much it. Well, the title explains a lot of it as well. Yeah, the title explains in an the ironic end of the way. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like the title is a 
it's kind of like a play because the like the real message of the film or how the film really plays out is a reversal of it's more the, the assassination of Robert Ford by the coward Jesse James than anything else. Well, you like even in the terms of like the idea of like the western, like you hear the assassination of Jesse James and it's like oh gunfights, yeah, gunfights yeah. the entire way through or like something like that, like like it it throws back to like. You know the old kind of westerns, like some of the. T- I can't. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but like the good, the bad, and the ugly. For one, there's literally like shots of like the good, the bad, and the ugly, and these. Yeah, like, yeah. That's the three characters, mm. and you're gonna follow these three. But like, the assassination of Jesse James. It's it is about that, but it's about so much more than that. It's about like what that represented to people and how re- how people related to even the idea of. Jesse James being assassinated by the coward Robert Ford, like that's yeah. like you know what I mean. Like it's it it the, brings the up it brings up an an idea of what the film is going to be immediately from the title, mm. and it like plays with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's the, the whole thing. The film is like kind of dancing, dancing with that idea of a of a mythos of a, of a mythology. Because that's you know Jesse James, who's a real guy, very much a real person, and. Um, who was famous during his lifetime, which is a big thing in this, uh, because Robert Ford basically approaches him. Like Robert Ford's a real guy as well. It's like all based on completely true events. Very, mm-hmm. very accurate film. It's a historical drama, really, a period piece. Um, but the whole like Robert Ford saw Jesse James out because he knew him from the dime novels, like the like the mm-hmm. like the basically the comic books of the day. He was like a superhero, pretty much, like the an early American superhero. He was a Robin Hood figure. Yeah, and he had, but he like Jesse James was a real person. Uh but like this film is kind of about how he wasn't, like the Jesse James of legend is not, wasn't the real Jesse James. Yeah, he's just a man. Completely different kind of. Uh, As Robert Ford says, like towards the end of the film, he's just like I like when he's when he's staying to his brother. Yeah, we're gonna kill him. And he's just like he was yeah. like, are you sure we can do this? And then he just like looks behind. And he's like, he's just a man. Yeah, he slowly he yeah. slowly kind of breaks down because he, he starts out idolizing this this figure. That's like really childlike kind of way, but by the end, like as the oh film, man, it's pathetic. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's it's really endearing as well. It's just like this guy. It's just a kid because he he was nineteen. He or I think he was twenty when he when he did it. But, but he, he was, was nineteen. He was nineteen when he 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 first joined the gang. He's just a kid basically, and uh, but as as he gets to know Jesse, he just re- he, things start to break down, and as the film progresses. Uh, the legend just kind of falls apart, like before your eyes. Like, mm-hmm. but it's all pretty much shot from Ro- Robert Ford's perspective. Even scenes where he's not in it, it's kind of stuff that he's already been told, or he's been he's he's told about later. Yeah, but it's basically uh, like the dissection of the legend and like sort of the the breakdown of of the reality of the the truth of it. Mm-hmm. So sort of the um, deconstruction of the genre, mm-hmm. a total annihilation of the genre, pretty much. Like yeah. this, this finished. The, the western genre pretty much like, yeah about 50 years too late but like this is like the perfect anti-western for me it's one of my favorite films same ever. after watching it last night yeah i hadn't seen it in so many years like, um, but oh it's so fucking good. So good very long film but long in like a really deliberate a deliberate way that really keeps you going it's like a trance kind of mm-hmm. thing that's amazingly well shot oh it's fucking beautiful man it's so i know that i am raging now because we d- i didn't couldn't give this as my answer to like what's the best shot film you or like what's like a perfectly shot film or something like that mm. whatever that question was like a few episodes back this would be my answer this is stunning yeah oh so my good. god 
Oh, the man. landscapes. No, the landscape, the use of light, the yeah. use of like just movement in the camera, and like, like it has that days of heaven thing that we talked about like two weeks ago now. Using the you know, the wheat fields and being shot like, you know, golden hour, and the the sky is stunning, and like the backdrop and the shadows of Jesse James contrasted with it. It's amazing, man. Yeah, everything about it. Yeah, Andrew Dominic. He's not a huge name. But he did this. He's done a few other things. He did uh, Killing Them Softly, which I've seen, which is another film that like hated. Like that film was hated at the time mm. when it came out. But looking back on it, it's like it's no. This is a good film, and it's talking about something. Yeah, yeah. This guy just doesn't have the right look, yeah. you know. I I, I saw Mark Kermode said this is uh when it first came out. He's the one of the ones who like sort of predicted that it would it would sort of uh, improve with time. You said said it was going to be like one of the forgotten classics, or like it'd be something you look up, look back on in a hundred years time, yeah. and be like, "This is like this sort of." Our peeping tom. Yeah, yeah, this like defined the 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 decade, but we just didn't see it at the time. Yeah, I think it's kind of like that, you know. It's just really one of those. Uh, I can't remember where I first heard of it, but it's just one of those incredible films that uh, I I'd somehow forgotten, and I was just like, I was thinking about it. I think three, two or three weeks ago, I was like, "Ah, oh, let's." Let's recommend this. Mm. Let's watch this. Sit down and watch this. You know, I was I was thinking maybe a bit, it'd be a bit long or a bit boring. But we did Tokyo Story, so it was we fine. Did, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Because that's I think that's what turned me on to. We've broken the camel's back now at this stage. Yeah. Any any length is a go now. That's true. Yeah. Well, I I thought that and I watched First Cow and I'm like, man, this is only two hours long. But that that that's the thing with First Cow. First Cow is also a western, but set earlier. Like the assassination of Jesse James happened in 1882, so this is this is very much towards the the end of the. Uh, the old west kind of mm-hmm. period which is basically the subject of the film uh, first cow is 1820s but like i watched first cow after this and um uh, it was just like such a dramatic change of pace they're both very very slow films but there's something else about the pace like i think pacing pace, i think pace is completely key. completely independent of like how long a film is yeah because this this film is like extremely well paced and like you're ne- you never feel bored no, there's so much going on, man. I wouldn't say because like I took a, I did, I did have to take a break with because it is very slow. Like it is very slow. Yeah, yeah. But I had to take a break, and I was like, I was like, ah, I'm gonna take a break now. And I clicked and I hit pause, and like, Jesus, I'm an hour in. What the fuck? Because mm. uh, I, I was expecting it to be like, because like oh, I know that this film is really fucking slow. I was expecting it to be like thirty minutes in, but no, it was like mm. it was an hour in. Yeah, it's two hours forty, but it flies in. Mm. It flies in, you know, because it's straight into it with Bob and the boys. It starts out with just like the, the talking over like shots of the landscape and just describing who Jesse James, you know, is, mm. and then it cuts to Robert Ford coming into the, into the camp and just like staring at Jesse James and like, yeah, like, you know, smirking and smiling or whatever. And like again, I think that has to do with as because well, when I was watching it, knew n- literally nothing about the film. I didn't know anything about, uh the assassination of Jesse James or even the character or the man himself knew nothing about. So I'm going into this and I'm seeing like, oh, I'm like, oh, that's Robert Ford. Okay. Oh, he's going to, he was like, oh, shit, he's going to kill him now. I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, there's no context for what's going on. And then realizing, oh no, he's, he idolizes them. Mm. And it just like shifts your, your expectations shift. And like, oh, this is like a tragedy because now you know that the whole film is going to be like a slow decline to what's, what what is inevitably gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. The ending is given away in the title, like you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty much the end. Well, like there's another ending as well, like, sort of after. It's like half an hour at the end after yeah. that happens. But uh, 
But yeah, like you're you're just brought into this world where Jesse James is already an established character. It's coming towards the end of his reign, pretty much. Like he's pretty old by the time this happens. He's in his his, his early thirty. Well, not pretty old. He's in his early thirties. For, for, for back then, pretty much. For an outlaw, for for an outlaw, he's pretty he's old, you know. Uh, and he's already famous. He's already like he's a, he's a, he's the stuff of legends in America. It's mentioned in the film in different lines that he's like the most famous American outside like Abe Lincoln and stuff like that. Mm. Like even people in Europe and like uh, Asia know who he is. Yeah. And that that's how famous he was. Like while he was he was only he was in his thirties and people across the globe knew who he was at a time when, you know, it took like a week to send a letter from yeah. one country to another, you know? It was insane how famous this guy was. How much he captured captured the public imagination. Um even though a lot of it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, most of it, pretty much all of it wasn't true. Yeah, all of it was bollocks. Yeah, absolute bullshit. But it's because it, in reality, he was mates with the editor that made the the dime books, The dime novels, yeah, The dime yeah. novels uh-huh. and all that stuff. Like, he was mates with them, and he, like, created this mythos about basically his mate. Yeah, yeah. And, like, because when you hear about the stories and stuff like that, you're just like, oh, he's just, like, an outlaw, like a bandit. But, like... That's only because I don't know what they said in in the, in the dime novels, and then you hear about like some because the film gives hints, or like not even hints, like it blatantly says at some points like what people said or thought that Jesse James was it's like, oh, like you can never creep up on him and stuff like that. Like he yeah. can always hear you, like he's always hyper aware. He always has his guns with him, which is true. Like he always did have his guns with him, but mm. the film really plays into the fact like this dude is an out and out outlaw, and like you're kind of like godlike figure in the film nearly and that's torn down like yeah. scene from scene to scene to scene because you see it from bob's perspective so all this like he, he arrives at the camp and he's like this is jesse fucking james and he's talking to frank james at first because there it was a, the james younger gang is what they were um and so it's the two brothers they're kind of the leaders of it and this is all happened in like the aftermath of the the american civil war the james brothers had been like uh partisans They've been bushwhackers in the uh, the kind of the Nebraska. I think it was in the Nebraska sort of Kansas border territory mm-hmm. areas. Even in the pre- the prelude to the Civil War, they're just kind of like uh, paramilitaries that went around terrorizing Union towns and like abolitionists and stuff like that. Um, for like from from the age of like sixteen, like from like from the time they were boys, they were killing grown men yeah. and other boys. There's like a there's one example where they went to at least Frank James was at the Lawrence massacre, which was a uh, Something that was carried out by uh, William Quantrill and his his whole kind of gang. They went into a town and massacred two hundred, uh, basically all the men of age of fighting age mm-hmm. in the town because it was a Union town, as it was an abolitionist town. Yeah, and they went in there just to like wipe out the voting population, which was like you know men over a certain age, like landholders and stuff like that, so that they could manipulate the demographics, basically gerrymander the the district, so that slavery could be permitted within mm-hmm. this territory because uh, i think it was kansas or one of those states had just been incorporated at the time and turned into a territory uh so the james were part of that and then james went off with some other guy bloody bill anderson was even worse complete mm-hmm. psychopath absolute sadistic evil little man <laughs> and then they did a he ended up dying, he died at 23 which is another thing all these great sort of outlaw confederate heroes died in like their early 20s yeah they died yeah. mad young yeah heroic kind of like legendary deaths like in battle and stuff like that um uh, th- there's another massacre they did in centralia the centralia massacre where they they derailed the union train and, and massacred everyone on board 
and the Jameses were part of that as well. Like they're just they're absolute animals, yeah. you know. But they like this is this this takes place nearly twenty years after that, mm-hmm. or ten years after that. So like they're not, you know, they're kind of past their prime, and like the the war is over, and the South is lost, and like the the government is kind of closing in on them. Mm-hmm. Like they are they are, they're always operating in the film in like the trees in the forests. They're just kind of like living on the edges. It's not even really a frontier anymore because it's like it's all being incorporated. Yeah, they're in weed fields. Yeah, yeah. It's like like things like it's basically over. Like the the story of Jesse James is pretty much over when the film begins. Like the yeah. the legend themselves. It's literally the last train robbery that it starts with. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like the, there's this amazing shot at oh. the at the start of the train robbery where it's just Jesse standing like on a he has like a a, a pile of like uh, logs on the track to stop the train so they can like rob or whatever. And just this amazing kind of like glorifying image of the the light from the train just sort of casting this silhouette of Jesse James. And he's like he has like the waist or the the trench coat. Ass, he has man. the hat. Yeah, he's like standing with his hands on his hips. And the train stops in front of him. Yeah. And like you're thinking if you're think if you're going into this blind, you're thinking, oh this is gonna be a class kind of like badass shoot him up kind of thing. Mm. And like he's gonna be a Robin Hood kind of character. But once you get onto the train it's it's like the violence becomes real yeah it's like it's really cramped and like the violence is just like it's like it's kind of disgusting because like they they don't it's not like they're robbing from the rich and giving to the poor they're just terrorizing random people yeah. on the train and like random like uh like clerks like random uh this film is employees. extremely intense yeah yeah like he just he, he beats up random people and like brutalizes them for no even the members of his gang are like mm. stop yeah, like that's like what are you doing? Yeah, you, you, like, don't you don't kill him. Ha- you don't kill. You don't have to kill him. Yeah, and Je- but Jesse James is just like an animal. Like he's just he was not a nice. He was a yeah. murderer and like a bandit, and it's made clear. Like the the train scene is a perfect kind of like microcosm of the film because it starts out with that amazing glorifying aesthetic, mm-hmm. romantic kind of vision of him, and but, then as soon as you get inside, it's it's just hell. Like, but even like this, even the shot beforehand, like before it cuts to Jesse's silhouette. Like the train's coming and it's like pitch black and you see the train coming slowly, and then it like there's shots of um of the trees and you're seeing like you know the the gang in the trees waiting, but like I don't know if it's intentional or not, but for me it immediately looked like KKK members, and that immediately was like it like had me like with a a sinister image in my head and the tone of that scene I was like there's like an underlining like. Because they're wearing the masks. Because they're wearing the masks, mm. and it looks like, like you know. Oh well, yeah. Oh, well, they're basically the precursors. All that's that stuff, the thing yeah. as well. Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh yeah, shit. These are all Confederates as well. Yeah, they're all like ex-Confederates. Like Jesse James, his family were slaveholders. Um, his stepdad was anyway, and he fought for the Confederacy, like with the aim of allowing of like legalizing slavery in the the newly incorporated territories, and for like defeating the Union. Mm. And that was the whole thing with like the myth that kind of built up around them. Because, like, after the Civil War in America, they had, like, this kind of thing where, like, they, they couldn't, the Union couldn't afford to destroy the South mm-hmm. because it was, like, half the country. So there had to be, like, a kind of meeting of the two, like a compromise. So they had this myth of, like, uh, like the, the betrayed, like, you know, like, the, the lost cause kind of thing. Yeah. Where, like, the South was just kind of betrayed by a few... Uh, by a conspiracy or whatever, mm-hmm. or like uh, it's like the South shall rise again, and all this stuff. Yeah. Jesse James was a huge part of that because he was an, he was a Confederate who fought for slavery, but at the same time he was this all American hero who was like a, like superhuman, and he was like he was America personified. Yeah, even though he was like 
you know, not what you'd want America yeah. to represent. He was like, he was literally the idea, the idolized version of the South winning the war. Yeah, exactly. Because he yeah. always, because like the idea was as well, like, oh, yeah, he's only targeting, uh, you know, Northerners. Like, he's only attacking those. And he doesn't even kill the people. He's just taking the money and stuff like that. But that wasn't even true. Like, there's multiple accounts where he just like killed someone for literally no fucking reason. Yeah, he didn't even distinguish between like... Uh like southern sympathies and like like there's nothing political to what he and did. And they say that in the film as well. Yeah, he just they killed he just killed random people. There's like there's the, he never ever considered someone's political allegiance when he was killing them. He's just fucking killing them. Yeah, yeah. And that's like that's even the thing in the western genre as well. Cuz I was reading about how at the start of uh the dawn of cinema in like the early 20th century, obviously dominated by westerns, but you also had like a, a subgenre of that which was like civil war films and they were mainly set in the east, mm. like the the union kind of part of the country. And then you have the westerns, which were more stuff like Jesse James, where it'd be like, oh, the South Shore Rise again, all this stuff. Uh, but like over time, it kind of met in the middle, where you have this kind of this like intermarriage, where you have like like the trope of like the Southern Belle and like the rough kind of uh, yeah, the rough Union kind of uh, blowing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole like the like just kind of sh- goes to show like the ideological thrust behind the Western genre, mm-hmm. like what it's what the, what what purpose it served to kind of unite this nation of like completely you know, divided people, people who didn't get along, like, I've never really get, gotten along. Still I wish, don't. I wish I don't, like, don't really have anything in common beside the fact that they're all in, like, the same kind of landmass. Mm-hmm. It's like, just this kind of, uh, this weird kind of um, use that it had. And this film is just all about poking the holes and all that, all mm-hmm. that, that kind of, uh, that, that phenomenon. But, um, yeah, that train scene is something else, though. Oh, it's, uh, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. But that was a moment as well where, like, as you said, like, the violence like shifts and it gets way more like all the all the violence in the film is abrupt and like mm. quick yeah unpleasant and unpleasant mm. and like because when he's especially when he's hitting that kid like when he's hitting the kid and like holds his ear and he's like i could peel this off like paper and smacking him and he's like he's like where's where's andy or something like that whatever the fuck he's saying to him and again like your, your man's like jesse get the fuck off him yeah yeah it's, it's not even that like they're saying uh like Jesse James, he wasn't like this at all. He was actually really bad. It's like it's more like Jesse James is just a random guy. Mm-hmm. He was just he was just some ra- he was like completely average, which is something that Bob really uh, sort of dramatically comes around to this realization that he has, and it kind of peaks when he starts standing up to to Jesse James, which is after he's killed someone and he's got like he's like oh I'm yeah. fucking I'm like Jesse James now yeah yeah but he just realizes that like there's nothing he's not he's not very smart like he's like he's really rash. He doesn't. He doesn't really. Pl- he doesn't he's really plan. Paranoid as well. Really paranoid, like all the time, which is understandable. Like he doesn't really plan his robberies or like any anything that he does. And even when, um, even when he first joins, he's talking to Frank James after the robbery, and Frank James is just like, "Yeah, this is the last thing we'll ever. This is our last mm-hmm. ever robbery." Like they're planning to just cash out and fuck off somewhere else. Like there's, there's nothing noble about it. There's no like wider project or wider goal. They're just in it for the cash, and then they're fucking off. Like, sure, as a man says, to him, like, what do you? He's like, uh. Sam Rockwell says to Frank Frank James, yeah. "It's like, what are you what are you gonna do?" And he's like, I "Think I might open up a shoes a shoe shop." Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, cuts. Just, yeah. just go, they just fade into normality. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, and that's the kind of conflict that Jesse runs into as well because he's he realizes that Bob is like sees him as something else. Mm-hmm. Jesse's aware of the fact that he isn't really the person that Bob thinks he is, and that Jesse James, the legend, the person from the dime novels, and uh, Jesse James himself are two different people, really. 
Oh, and like it's creepy as well when he yeah. when he starts. It's like you know how I knew you were Jesse James. I wrote out a few things to like differentiate the two of you. And he's like, "Do you want to hear it?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And he's just listing off like Jesse James, in this like really creepy, like specific way where he's just like he's got blue eyes that can dart through anything and stuff like that, or whatever. Yeah. But like, it's also super homoerotic. <laughs> Oh, he's definitely he's definitely gay for Jesse. Yeah. But it's, it's it's like he's just he's like meeting like Iron Man or something. Yeah, you know? he's like he's just a fan of him, but he's a fan of a character that doesn't exist. Mm. Like Jesse's just Jesse James, the man he meets, is not who he thinks he is. He's just he's just like he's a ghost. He's like he's someone whose image precedes himself. You mm-hmm. know, so he's he's like kind of like the, the man himself is caught up in that kind of thing, where, you know, he's just going about his business, but he realizes that he's part of a myth. And he 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 loves the fame as well. He's always talking about, you know, like embracing the fact that he's he's uh, so notorious. Mm-hmm. But over time, he comes to realize that he's sort of he's subject to this this myth as much as Bob. Yeah, like they're kind of tied into it, which is the whole thing. He kind he kind of encourages. It's kind of a ritual suicide at the end of the day. Ah, uh, yeah. He encourages Bob to kill him which is what happened in real life he's like Bob you can be the guy that killed Jesse James yeah he builds him up he doesn't like Bob at all he finds him really creepy which is really understandable as does <laughs> everyone who watches the film yeah he's a very strange guy but he builds him up and purposely kind of like as things because kind of, there's uh, they're on the run for a while and it's just him and the four brothers mm. and you can tell that things are kind of closing in and th- things are really winding down like as we said like at the start it's based, It's already the end of Jesse James's story. It's the end of the West, but you can tell as they're on the run that they're like sleeping, like he's mad power at night and like oh, at any movement he yeah. jumps up and he cocks his gun. In his head, he's thinking like, "There's just there's no at, at, any, at any moment I'm dead." Yeah, at any moment I'm dead, but there's no way out of this in like a a respectable kind mm-hmm. of like Southern way and like go down fighting. Like he like he can't be like Jesse James can't have gone down quietly like, mm. or else he would have ruined the myth. And like the myth is kind of greater than the man himself, so he had to go down in like a, a kind poetic of, way, yeah, a dramatic way, yeah, which is what he orchestrated at the end, or like half an hour before the end of the film. Very creepy scene as well. It is very really sad. Very, very sad. And the music, the music, we're, man, we're, like Nick Cave, Nick Cave. Like we're listening to the soundtrack as we're talking about this film right now. So good. The audience might not be able to hear this because we don't get too heavy copyright claims. Yeah, yeah. But like the music in this film is phenomenal. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so nice. It's one of my fa- easily one of my favorite soundtracks to a film. Mm, Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, very ambient. You mm. know, it's re- it really sticks with you. Oh, it seriously does. You know, there's, I like there's like the, the song for Bob. I have that saved in my Spotify. That's always stuck mm-hmm. with me. Like I, that's always in my head. Yeah. Like I watched this. I don't know, like twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Even this always song, stayed with me. This song that we're listening to now, what must be done? Beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, a gorgeous yeah. song. It's amazing. And it's so somber. And like, ah, like just the music is so good. And the recurring theme, a uh, song for Jesse is so good as well. Just like really distinct, really recognizable music. Yeah, but it, like it, it fits, it fits so well with the, for, I don't, it just fits with the film. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's just like, it fits like a glove. Just the Western kind of setting. The like aesthetics the, like of the, the shots and, all, and like, the aesthetics of the music yeah. match each other perfectly, perfectly yeah. to create this synthesis it's a synthesis it's and, so good and just again it's shot beautifully oh my god yeah. and like the sequences of it showing like even uh 
the flashback kind of shots where like we're seeing what Jesse James kind of was and he's like faded in like this kind of obscurity and like seen as this like noble figure but that being broken down and even like that idea being expanded further to where like the West wasn't what people remember it as being mm. and like your history is constructed and your history is created from the people around you and what everyone believes in and this film is like completely anti that that's like this film is showing like like the 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 history that you're taught isn't a reality yeah it's a, it's a lot of myth involved mm. yeah and plus it's like like bob ford pure victim of history you know both in the title of this film like in a really self-conscious yeah. way but in general sense but also in the sense of the time that he was born in like there's nothing really differentiating bob at the end of the day from jesse except for the fact that jesse is about 10 years older mm-hmm. you know like bob could have been born 10 years before and he would have grown up with the same things he would have been Quantrill's gang would have rode a bloody bill anderson all the boys he would have been in the younger gang uh, he could have been a legend. He could have been, you know, he could have been a contender or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't. He was born at the tail end of this of this moment in history, when the people around him, like his society, was kind of in a decline. It was like in retreat, at least. Yeah. You know, and like Jesse James himself is just a product of his environment of of his time. Um, not in like a you know like a moral way, but in the sense of like there's always going to be someone like him. If it, if it wasn't him, it would have been someone else. Yeah. Uh, and Bob, if Bob Ford as well, it could have been anyone. If it wasn't him, it would have been someone else. Just roles that you had to play, like pure victim, pure accident, pure like look of the draw. Mm-hmm. Just, just the way history works, you know. Like there's nothing they could have, they could have stopped it. after. Like the war ended, the South lost, and this is like the aftermath. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like kind of, it's like ah, oh, let's fucking you know. Someone has thro- to kill a hero. Yeah, throw the towel in. You're like we have to have a, a heroic yeah. end to this. Yeah, and even like that scene where he. Like the tension in the film is amazing. I think mm. the, like the dialogue is Casey, so Casey Affleck. Ah, my goodness! Just about the, my goodness! Another note: the acting in this film yeah. is perfection. Like I said this before the podcast to you, but like I've seen Manchester by the Sea ages ago. I need to rewatch it because I don't really remember that much. Um, especially because like I'd heard like, oh my god, the acting in it is amazing. And when I saw it, I was like, yeah, I mean. I don't know. I didn't really. I wasn't really blown away by it, and especially I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, Casey Affleck, like whatever." And then you know, Casey Affleck is is Casey Affleck now. Like, yeah, when I when he's I a brand, yeah, like he he you know he's he's the allegations are like like tied to him. And Wait, the allegations? Yeah, do you know, like, no, I didn't. Hear oh, that. Casey Affleck is a piece of shit. But like knowing that about Casey Affleck now adds to this because it adds to the fact that like. He's like, well, for, like when I was watching, like Casey Affleck, cunt, piece of shit, and then seeing him play this like sad, pathetic character added to it, and it also helps that like he's amazing in this film, like fuck him, so good. but he's amazing in this movie. He's so good, and Brad Pitt is equally amazing. Brad Pitt is class. Yeah, he didn't have to go this hard, you know. A list, two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. He's already he's got a massive back catalog. He can live off the road his rest of his life. He was in Friends. He was in Friends. He was in Friends. But he decided to make this. He produced it. And he insisted on the name. That the name stayed the chi- stayed the same. Um, which is obviously like really cumbersome. Probably contributed to like the fact that no one saw this film. Because the name is so long. But he's amazing. He's so good in this. Oh, he's, you cr- know? he's crazy good. Yeah, it's like just like the the way he like shifts from like different registers. Like and the 
the emotion like Casey Affleck is so good with like the, the subtlety of expression stuff. Like I found him extremely unlikable. Yeah, he is unlikable. You know, but like, that's the point. I didn't realize that when I first watched it. I was like, I just don't like this guy Bob Ford. You know, something about him creeps mm. me out. But that's the that's the whole thing. Like that's that's just a testament to how well Casey Affleck pulls it off. And he's also a well developed character because like because of how well he's acted, you understand him so so well. Yeah, because you can see what's going like the, the fucking yeah. cogs turning his head. You can see exactly. You can see the like the subtle reaction that he has, and like you know, like when when he suddenly turns on Jesse and like he kind of stands up to him because Jesse's kind of been taking the piss out of him the entire time, yeah. and like it's just like his face changes and you know immediately like oh he's gonna stand he's gonna say something back and he does mm. and it's like it causes this tension because Jesse is crazy like jesse's a fucking madman he is so fucking paranoid all the time and like even to the point where like he walks in he comes to his mate ed miller this is earlier on the film he comes to his mate ed miller's house and ed miller is paranoid because he's like oh jesse knows because of the mythos of jesse james he's like oh jesse knows that i that i was talking to someone and because of that He's paranoid, which makes Jesse paranoid, which makes Jesse kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's unpredictable, but in, like, a bad way. It's not like, oh, he's so mysterious. Like, he's just kind of incompetent and, like, really rash and, like, bloodthirsty, you know? Uh, but, yeah, as you were saying, the writing is really good as well. The writing like, the li- is amazing. Little subtleties and stuff. And there's, like, little, there's great little lines as well just sprinkled around. Like, a little philosophical kind of, like, it's like, it's like half in the door. Mm. So it's just kind of suggesting things. Even Jesse has like cool turns of phrases and stuff, uh, and then even um, there's a few times where Bob, few times where Bob Ford goes to say uh, like just like stupid cliches from westerns. Mm. I can't think of them, but like he'll he'll go to start the sentence and then someone will just cut him off. Yeah, because this isn't the western. This is like like that's not like what you re- what you've read in the dime novels isn't real. Mm-hmm. Like Bob, like cop on, you know this is real life. No one says that stuff in real yeah. life. You know, it's get a grip. Kind of added into that thing, you know. Cause he's so, and he's so pathetic as well. It's just like, oh, poor Bob. You know, just yeah. let him say his thing. You know, and like when he gets bullied by his brother and they pull out the fucking lung. His, his brother, his brother. His, so his when they pull out the box and they're taking the piss at him, like I yeah, felt yeah. so bad for yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I felt so bad for him, but like he's still unlikable because he's still like get a grip, man. And then you know when he eventually turns and he eventually kills uh, Jesse James. That scene is forever in my mind after watching it like i was glued to the tv when i watched it um like the the music the way it's shot the acting in it and like just like everything you've been watching this film for fucking two hours waiting for this moment like the title has told you this moment is coming and you've waited like two very slow long hours for it and it pays off and it and it does it like it is emotionally impactful, but also like stimulating for the mind because it's like this is the death this is the death of an icon mm. and the film shifts from this point, and then you see like the real point of the film is actually afterwards like after the death of Jesse James you see the story of Robert Ford and it is sad and it is lonely and it's pathetic and it's tragic because he is a victim of like history and a victim of his own hubris which was believing mm. kind of believing in the gods basically yeah. <laughs> believing that he could be part of jesse james's yeah. story rather than just being a side character 
like like an incidental not even kind of thing. A, not even a story like Jesse James to be Jesse James. Yeah, yeah. Like he wanted to be Jesse James. I don't know about like the actual figure, but in the film, he wanted to be Jesse James. Mm. Like, and I was I was watching a, f- a video afterwards, and I I never noticed this. Um, in the film, like Jesse, where or like uh, Jesse's always wearing black and white. And Robert Ford is always wearing like earthly colors to like kind of give him this kind of warmth or whatever. After he kills Jesse, he starts wearing black and white and he starts wearing a similar hat. Yeah, yeah. As uh, Jesse James. He's smoking cigars. And like he tries to become, like he wanted to be the man that killed Jesse James. Yeah. But he doesn't realize that people. You know that, that that's it's completely different. It's like out of his control. Mm-hmm. Like he can't he can't just he can't just walk into the story. You know, it's a story. It's a mm-hmm. myth, and he's not in control of it. He, he, he ends up falling for Jesse's trick. Basically, gets in, abducted into Jesse's own weird fucking hyper real timeline, yeah. where Bob Ford is just like an incidental like coward. Just like just the shot him in the back. He's a fucking yeah, coward. He's a coward. Like people don't respond to that well because they all have this collective idea of Jesse James, and when Bob Ford invades into that, it's just like, this guy is just, you know, everyone hates him. They call him a murderer and stuff like that. He he went on tour, like, reproducing uh, uh, how he how he did it and stuff like that with his brother. And uh, he, had to, like, he had to, like, stop after a while because people just... Booed. People just didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, they're like, you're a coward, you're a murderer and stuff like that. Because he just didn't realize that none of this was his, in his control. Like, the guy was just a pure victim mm-hmm. of his of circumstance, you know? He's also a murderer at the same time, but like yeah, he's also, he's also <laughs> kind of a bad. He, he also dude. he also chose to do that, yeah. But yeah, it's sad, you know. It is sad, but it's also like mad, like cathartic. Like that scene is great because you're like, like as you're saying, it's the build up, like it's suggested in the title, but you're waiting two hours, and then there's a moment where they're at the kitchen table and uh, Bob has tried to hide a newspaper, which which is talking about how Dick Little has like surrendered to the, to the police, and the whole thing is that Bob is like made a deal uh, with the police as well and uh, sort of like he's tracking Jesse Yeah, and, and it's th- the plan is to kill him and Jesse's like this is something that you should have known Yeah, like, you obviously know about this yeah he's trying to hide the paper but then Jesse finds it in the back of the couch and they're sitting at the kitchen table and there's a cool scene there's a cool little shot where uh, he's like stirring his tea and then he just like lets go of the spoon he's like what's all this about and then it's like it's it's the two Ford brothers and Jesse standing in the parlour and there's a moment where the, the music just starts. It's like the, the piano just, mm. there's like a little splash of music. And you're just like, this is it. Like, this is what it's all been leading mm-hmm. up to. And it's like, it's so well, it's and so it's cathartic. Sad. It's it's sad, but it's like, it's also like, oh yeah, yeah. you know, this is great. You know, great, oh, great yeah. it's a, a great, great movie. Like Great fucking film. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, this, this is, is what it's about. This is like a classic. This is a modern classic. When people say that this is one of the best films of the 21st century, I can see, I, I can see why people would claim that. I think this film will go down as a classic, like as a forgotten classic. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But one that people are like, have you seen that film, The Assassination of Jesse James by the by the coward <laughs> Robert Ford? The other person just stopped listening halfway through the time. Like, yeah, The Assassination, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's so good. Very, very good. Nick Cave, Nick Cave, what a king. Ah, uh, music such amazing. Such like a combination. Such like a great kind of... Uh, coming together of, of elements mm-hmm. great acting great shooting great music you know great mythology behind it because it, 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 like the film itself is adding to the mythology yeah in a really cool way really yeah it's kind of like way. really grounding it into a form of reality yeah yeah kind of like capping it 
putting a little capstone on it, like, goodbye, Jesse, you know? See, Jesse, remember you as you were? Yeah, yeah. A fucking piece of shit scumbag. <laughs> yeah, 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 the guy is literally, like, nothing redeemable about him. But he's still, you know, everyone knows him. Mm. Everyone knows him. And it's even, even knowing that as well, when you're watching the film, like, when he dies, it is still sad. You're just like... It's like... Because he was just a guy. Because he was just a man. And, like... It's like and he's a piece of shit, scumbag, like awful human being. Yeah, but executed civilians, fought yeah. fought for slavery. Yeah. It's like not a good guy, but the film makes you sympathize with him because it just shows you his like his like his humanity in like a really vulnerable way in the sense that like you're But also th- the brutality of it as well. Yeah, yeah, you have this image of him as like a fucking god, but like he's his brutal even his brutality is a function of like his his of his faults because mm. he's just he's just rash. He's not even good at what he does. Like, there's nothing rem- really remarkable about him. He's a good leader. He's charismatic, but that's about it. Mm. You know? Now he's gone. Rip. Rip. Yeah. And then Robert Ford ends up getting killed. Mm. And he's killed by a man who wants to, who wanted the, he wanted to be the man that assassinated the coward Robert Ford. Yeah. And then someone killed him. Someone killed him. Yeah. I think, I think I read that. It was like the guy who killed the man who killed Jesse James. Because he, he got Edward O'Kelly. Because mm-hmm. he got pardoned after seven years. Because yeah. everyone was like, ah, here, he killed he killed a coward, Robert Ford. Yeah, That's not, that like, shouldn't be a crime. Everyone hated him. Yeah, everyone hated Bob. Like, Robert Ford was hated. Yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> which is sad. Yeah, it's sad <laughs> to see in the film. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like an Icarus moment or something like that. Like, he reached too far. He went too close to the sun and he ended up fucking getting scorched. Got swallowed by the myth. Mm. Myth of the West. Yeah, because by the time he dies... It's like it's all over. Like the West is just kind of a memory. Yeah, he's almost blamed. Like it's like he's not explicitly in the film, or like you know, maybe in reality, but like in a cur- in a cultural term, he's like you're one of the focus that killed the Wild West. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you ruined everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You killed Jesse James. You killed the Wild West. Yeah, it's like a watershed moment. Mm. Yeah, but like someone had to do it. It just had to be him, mm-hmm. or it just it just ended up being him. And just you just you just drew the short straw, you know. But yeah, it's a, it's a proper shape. As you're saying, Shakespearean. That's a really good term for it. It's tragedy, and yeah. like in full. But so cool that you, like this is like that's what he did on purpose. Yeah, you know, like, like this it was is, all it's like a mi- it's yeah. a mishmash kind of thing. He did like Jesse James actually like orchestrated mm. his own assassination, which is such a cool way of like of uh, of thinking about it. Because even in because uh, I was watching when I was watching First Cow, there's a scene where uh, it's just it's Lou and Cookie. And they're just like sort of foraging around in like the the undergrowth of like the forest. And Lou just goes, "Oh, this is history hasn't arrived here yet. Like it's coming, but it's not here. This is this is like wilderness." Mm. And like, that's just the idea that I got from Jesse James in general, in the, the way that like you know the, the states or like America at the time, like that concept, especially after the Civil War, so something that's trying to you know struggling to sort of establish uh, itself. establish itself. It's like a very self conscious about history about stories and about mm. you know like the nation like that whole sort of idea of like building a national myth and jesse james himself as like an embodiment of america like self-consciously went about perpetuating his own myth mm. and literally orchestrating the end of his own life just to, so that it could keep rolling yeah Which even is, though like because he takes because like one of the key things of his life and the film it's jesse james never shown never takes off his gun and for no reason like he's walking earlier on, like just before he's he's killed, he's walking up the road with his kid, and Robert Ford's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Do you think it's it's okay to have your guns out in front of the neighbors?" And then J- 
Jesse James like in the parlor with the two Ford brothers. Fucking Robert Ford, bumbling fucking mess, crying and like just like shaking and panicking, like in a very like subtle toned down way, but in a way that you're like, this is it. Like the emotions are all building up to this, and Jesse James just takes off his guns and he's like, "Yeah, you're right. Maybe not a good idea to have the guns out in front of the mm. in front of me." He's like, "This is like I'm calling on you." Yeah, you're yeah, you're the it, yeah. one to do it, and he's like, "That picture looks dusty," and he gets up yeah, on top. That picture looks awful dusty. That's what he actually said. Yeah, yeah, that's all true because he did yeah. do that. Like he took off his guns in real life, yeah, um, which he never did. And he's like, "You know, take me, do it, fucking end this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of you is gonna have to be because it, it could have been like equally like in the film anyway. It equally could have been Charlie. Robert Ford's brother Charlie. Mm. But then in the last moment, like, Robert Ford just, like, you know, takes the shot or whatever. It's great how they do it as well. It could have been, like, a slow motion kind of thing. Or, like, it, it turns away. But mm. it says, it's just, like, it just shows it. It's really realistic. And it's, it's just... Re- snap brutal. Yeah, he's just gone. He's just suddenly gone. It's, like, yeah. really violent. And the music stops. And, like, the wife comes in and she's, like, howling. Mm. It's, like, really realistic screaming as well. It's just... Uh, and even the fact that, like, did you do this? And he's, like, no, it wasn't me. Like, he immediately is, like, yeah. no, I'm not, the one that, I'm not the one that shot Jesse James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like made it, me do it. Yeah, he made me do it, pretty much. Yeah, like even even at that moment, like when he when he eventually does it, he's like, "Oh, actually, I don't want to be this." Mm. But yeah, it's, it's cool. too late. It's too late. You're, it's you you did late, it. Bro. You're the you're the man that did it. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're all Bob Ford in a way. We all are Bob Ford in a way. This podcast, <laughs> Paro Bob. <laughs> Paro Bob. Ah, uh, what yeah. a film though! What an amazing film! Yeah. And just, Jesus, the, the shots, oh, the landscape, stunning, beautiful. Also, Hawkeye's good in it as well. Yeah, Jeremy Renner's in it. Yeah, and in a similar vein as well, like, Robert Ford kills him when he has his back turned. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wood Height. What he a, a name. He was a gee bag as well, though. Yeah, he was a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. Dick Little, what a name. Dick Little. <laughs> Shout out to my brother, Dick Little. Dick Little, that's his actual name in real yeah. life. He actually existed. You know, God bless him. Suave bastard. Will we leave it at that? We'll leave it there. We'll so go on to some listener questions. Any listener questions? Hey, if you want to ask us a question, you can hit us up on Instagram or on Twitter at paro underscore pod, or you can ask us via or via Gmail, theparopod at gmail dot com. Our first question is coming in from Liam, and Liam is asking us. What do you think has improved the most on the pod from day one on? Definitely the flow. The flow, the flow. The flow has uh, significantly improved. The flow is key to a podcast. The flow is key. See, we, we didn't know anything about this. Mm. We didn't do anything. We were pure Luddites going into... Back in the day, nearly a year ago now, just for, yeah. it was, we didn't know... We had no experience. We never, never worked with audio equipment. We'd never really done anything. No, we had n- never... It was all theory. Media production yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah literally, had never recorded, never never done any, like, video shoots or anything like that. No, nothing. Only writing and stuff like that in college, but that was it. That's it, yeah. But, you know, we made it work. But about six, seven months, we got the hang mm. of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, at the start, I'm pretty, we did pretty well. <laughs> oh, yeah. We like, at the start, could have could have been a disaster. It could have been, Could have yeah. been last week, you know what I mean? <laughs> it could have been last, yeah. See, that only happened three times, which is pretty good. That's a pretty good record, you know. Mm. Three out of fifty, pretty much. I'll take that. You know, someone said to me at the start, you know, you have a ninety-three percent success rate. I'd be like, 
take like that. those odds. I'll take that. <laughs> you know, or ninety four, whatever. Yeah, no, definitely the flow. Uh, learning the audio stuff like easy. You know, audio is a lot of shy th- or audacity, load of shy. Yeah, audacity's a they pain sh- to work with. They should have something better. There are there are things that are better, but like you have to pay money for that. Type yeah, of stuff. Ableton stuff like that. Wait, we're not making me- we're not producing Adobe's, an album or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, Adobe or whatever it's called, Audition. Like I don't need that level. Plus, know, we're not going to pay for that. Yeah, you have I, to pay for all them. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, if eventually we actually, you know, started doing something like in terms of work that involved, you know, uh, uh, audio audio stuff. stuff, you know, that'd be. Behind the yeah, if anyone wants to hire us and subsidize <laughs> the purchase of that, we yeah. do it for that. <laughs> it's like, what experience do you have? It's like, you're listening to it right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is what I can do. <laughs> I can hit record. Yeah, I can just about manipulate Audacity with a 94% success rate. Yeah. <laughs> Take that as so you will. I haven't investigated any of the other settings on this thing. Too afraid to. Yeah, there's just no use, no point. You know, I think it's pretty much perfect as is. Yeah, don't fuck with it. <laughs> yeah, grand, d- like don't fuck with the formula. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would like to do more sections. I would like to start doing that. That's one thing that I think. Sections? What do you mean? You know, we can do news just now because we, we we should. Yeah. You know, every two weeks we have our. Mostly jokes, joke sections. Like you know, late late night stand up where they do the the warm up. Man, that's gonna bomb. <laughs> do you want to do improv right now? Man, we're already improving. Do you want to do this? Is improv? already improv. Right. <laughs> right. It's not scripted, like. Okay, right, ready, right. Here we go, right. right. Here we go, right. Here's a here's some improv. Oh shit! I'm gonna give you a prompt. Okay. You are a man coming into a shop, and I am the shopkeeper. You want you 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 refuse to put on your mask, and I'm telling you to put it on. Okay. Go. Ring, ring. It's the sound of the door. Hello, sir. Can you please put on your mask? Why should I put on my mask? It's the law, sir. Says who? <laughs> the the government. Nah, fuck that. Okay, yeah, maybe the joke section is a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> improv. We're not here for improv. This isn't the comedy club or whatever that's called. The laughter lounge. I want scripted jokes. You want Seinfeld? Yeah, I want Seinfeld. You know, we we'll get the yeah, we'll get more s- sound effects in there. You know, maybe we'll have maybe we'll put this stuff in there uh, because we have we have audio playing it right now. That's mm. kind of adding a vibe to it. Which won't reflect. Uh, yeah, for what the listeners are hearing, yeah. Yeah, because this is great for like, it's like a like an after show kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're sitting there sipping like, sipping wine or something. Yeah, but yeah, Dairy is copyright, man. I don't know. I don't copyright know. and who gives a rat? That's only on YouTube. Yeah, no, it is only on the YouTube. Yeah. Well, what are they going to do, you know? I think, yeah, because we're not making money off it, so I don't think it really matters. Yeah, I think they'll take it down anyway. But the others can stay up. Mm. Plus it'd be funny anyway. Who, who watches the YouTube videos? Anyway? <laughs> <laughs> it's like four people. I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's sections. I think would be news, current affairs. Have it more like you know, like discreet. You know, mm. like clear sections. Maybe we talk about less movies. <laughs> yeah, I think. Man, I think we're kind of getting to the end of the, the whole. We talked about pretty much every movie. <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of finished movies. You know, have to move into something else. Well, you have to keep going until episode fifty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Episode 52. And then we'll start doing something crazy. Oh, imagine. You know, start getting, there's definitely, there's a different layer. You know, it's like that uh, that fucking iceberg meme. There's different layers <laughs> of films. Of podcasting. That, yeah, yeah, podcasting, yeah. And of films. But, like, that's the thing. People wouldn't wouldn't have seen them. You know? 
But we can beat the people that we can Gotta go through. The, let's go through the iceberg, bro. Yeah, let's do it. A disturbing know? movie iceberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus, oh, no that. man, yeah. that's already your job. Yeah, like we're, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. Yeah, Jeez. no way. But yeah, no, it's grand. Yeah, it's all been going well. It's, it's good. It's good. What's our next question there? Our next question is coming in from Potty. Thank you for the question, Potty. He's asking, what's the greatest Irish film excluding Fatal Deviation? Uh, Fatal Deviation is a film from 1998. Uh, I didn't know this film. I didn't know this so film either. So, Potty just kind of flexing on us here with his knowledge. Yeah, he's flexing his muscles. Yeah, his <laughs> Irish film knowledge. That's one of the things we need to do more. We need more representation from the lads. Yeah, we do. You know, more, more domestic we, we are stuff. failing. We're complete, We're failing our countrymen, our nation. Uh, Fail Deviation is a low-budget cult film produced and set in Trim, County Meath. I didn't know Trim was in County Meath. <laughs> uh, produced in 1998, enjoys the distinction of being Ireland's first full-length martial arts film. The film stars real-life martial arts enthusiast James Bennett. The film was conceived by James Bennett. Uh, had a budget of 8,000 punts, which is what you want to hear, you know. Yeah, punts. The punts. That's how you know it's vintage. Um, best Irish film? What do you think? Well, see, I was confused by this question because I was like, okay, what counts as an Irish film? So I went on to, I looked up best Irish films and I went on to the Irish Times, have a list of like the 50 best Irish films. Yeah, I'm looking at it right Number now. one is Barry <laughs> Lyndon. Yeah. So does that count as an Irish film? It's shot in Ireland. So is Braveheart though, but, but it's, not, it's not about that, Ireland. Is that all that it needs? It just needs to be shot somewhere, you know? Um. Yeah. Because then, th- then it got me questions like, Okay, does like um, killing of a sacred deer or like the lobster count? Yeah, they do count because they're Irish productions. Okay, they're like that's Irish money. That's that's gone on the heron or whatever, mm. or board's gone on the heron. Uh, I'd count them as Irish films, you know, because like that way, like you know, like any foreign director in America, it's like that. Oh, it's it, that's still an American film, mm, but yeah. you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be like oh that's. You know, that's fucking uh, Christopher Nolan. Batman Begins is a British film. It's, yeah. it's a British director. I'd say I'd say those are Irish films, in a way. Yeah, they are. At Irish least films. half, you know. Yeah, um, no, because I was just wondering, because like, well, they're all set in Ireland. And they do sometimes have Irish actors. Yeah. Uh, Man of Aaron. Little show. Remember that? No, don't remember that. It's some. It's like a, a fake documentary from 1934. Uh, they got... This guy Robert Flaherty in it's one of those things that de- one of those crazy concoctions that Dev came up with, where he's like trying to like improve tourism. So we got these lads in and uh, basically created like a noble savage. Oh, I do remember this documentary about the Iron Islands. Yeah, I do they, remember like, that. They hunted sharks and stuff, which is real, but like all the all the scenes were faked. Um, I don't know. I think we watched it in history or something. Hunger. Hunger. Hunger is, is very show. good. Very good. Great, great subject. Are very Irish subjects as well. Mm. I don't know if it's Irish produced though. I assume it is. See, that's the I thing. I feel like the Brits wouldn't touch that. The Brits aren't going to hear that. Yeah. But Irish Americans? That's true. Bobby Sands. When was that? 2008? Something like that, yeah. Hunger is great. Hunger is a very good film. Hunger is really good. Steve McQueen's a very good director. I need. I definitely need to rewatch 12 Years a Slave. Where has he been? He made Widows a while ago. That's 2018 or, yeah, something like that. Never heard of it. Yeah, it didn't. It kind of, done kind of not bombed, but like, it wasn't re- critically received well or something like that. But mm. that could also be man. That could be another Jesse James. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Wind the shakes of barley. Show. Yeah, that's a good film. Those are kind of standard ones. That's a, that's the problem with Ireland that you have like it's a lot of history stuff. 
a lot of history stuff. Yeah. Black 47 is apparently really good. Did you see Adam and Paul on that list? That's like number eight or something. Yeah, it's what do you think about What do you think about Adam and Paul? I thought it was good. It's number eight, actually. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was good. I I thought, but the same thing. It's like it's like very real. Like it's not even it's not historical, obviously, but it's like it's a very. It feels like there's like a limitation mm. with Irish films. You know, it's a very certain type of film that they make. Like it, it's 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 good. You know, very realist and sad and stuff. I did not like it when I watched it when I was younger. No, because people are like, "Oh, this is gas," and like, "This isn't funny." <laughs> oh yeah, it's not supposed to be funny. But it it's touted as a comedy. Yeah, but like it's like in an endearing way. It's like it's not like oh these stupid junkies get you know get glued to a mattress and stuff like that. It's like <laughs> that's it's funny though, but it's like you know they they get fucked up mm. and it's sad. It's Lenny Lenny Abrahamson. I don't know. Like he's he did uh, normal people and stuff like that. Oh right. He did. Uh, what about normal people? What do you think about normal people? I haven't watched them. I haven't seen it. I, to no, my I shame, I, apparently it's very good. He did. He did Frank and all that stuff. He's like. He's re- Frank is great. He's sound. Lenny, Lenny Abrahamson wouldn't make a fucking exploitation film about junkies. I probably shouldn't even call them junkies. Mm. But like... Addicts. Addicts, yeah. People with like drug addictions problems. He wouldn't do that. But at the same time, it's like very limited, I think. From what I remember. We should get him on. <laughs> I feel like he'd say yes. Come on, Lenny. I feel like he would. Um, what about uh, like Calvary? Ah... Calvary, that film? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that film in a very that, long time. I saw that film in cinemas. Mm. I don't remember anything. That about came it out at the same time time as Frank, and Frank was also very good. Yeah, Calvary. I don't really remember anything about it though. Brendan Gleeson. You can always count on him. Mm. In Bruges. In Bruges is very good. Yeah. Yeah, does um like like Martin McDonough films, would they count? Yeah, I suppose they would. But he's only an Irish director making American films. Yeah, true. Well, actually, I would count Six Shooter if that's if that can be counted. Brendan Gleeson's in that film. Six Shooter. It's very good. It's a short film. Very, very good. Martin oh, Cockamillish. Cockamillish. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> there we go. Cockamillish. That's it. Cockamillish. That's the end. Of I it, can't yeah. believe it took us that long to get on <laughs> Cockamillish. Yeah, that but is. We're fifty episodes, or nearly in fifty episodes into this we podcast. Should, yeah, we still have never recommended film for two weeks. Cockamillish. <laughs> Cockamillish. Yeah, that's that is sad though. That's so sad. Man, that thing is fucked. That's tragic. I think it's disturbing. Yeah. Brendan Gleeson, though. You know, local lad. Fairview. Mm. Went to Joey's. Good guy. Um, yeah, Cockamillish. That is a, that is a stalwart. Mm. That is like the peak of our cinema. Yu Ming is that dumb. Yeah, Yu Ming as well. Yeah. <laughs> Another great one. Why don't they do that more, you know? These little shorts. Yeah. Oh, Even yeah. Irish shorts. Like, with Irish language. Mm. You know? Um, would terms of animated films, Book of uh, Kells, um, Wolf Walkers is done by that Irish studio. There's a few of them. Um, I oh my god, The Breadwinner. That was one I watched a while ago. That was very good. Mm, the Breadwinner, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them. I don't think I haven't seen Book of Kells. I think I've seen Book of Kells. I, I think haven't that, seen that used to be on Sky and stuff because that was big back in the day. Because mm. it was like, because any time any film here that is even like tangentially connected. To a person who's like once in the country of Ireland, gets nominated for an Oscar. We're all like, "Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's <laughs> us. That's for us. That's for Ireland." You know, it's so funny. We can be better than that. But there, we, but even through that though, we still have like, you know, we got the likes of Hunger, you know, Lobster, all these yeah. weird shit that is like going really out there. Exactly. Well, that's what they should be trying to do more of. You know, like our like lit- like in terms of literature, our history. Holy shit! Look like a fucking. You know, uh, Beckett and shit like that. 
yeah, really we fucking should, out there shit. <laughs> we should be doing more of that, yeah. Mm. Not just fucking... My recommendation for next week is the play Waiting for Godot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the taping of it on YouTube. Oh, yeah, we should be playing up to that. Not this not this rubbish stuff, plastic patty stuff. You know? Like, mm. yeah, leaning into, like, Beckett, you know? Wild, Yates, all the boys. Yeah. Stuff about that, not just all this rubbish. I don't even know, I don't even know what rubbish I'm talking about, but you, you know yeah, the film. Yeah. You know the kind of film, you know? You know, it's that famine movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a film about being, you know, oppressed. <laughs> yeah. What about Commitments? What do you think about that? I like the Commitments. Great soundtrack. Mm. I like the Commitments. Stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, I just feel like when you, like, you <laughs> like when I think about like the idea of an Irish film, I think of, um, what was that one that came out recently? Jamie Dornan's in it. Ah, uh, Wild Mountain Time. Wild Mountain Time. That's what I think of. You yeah. just imagine that. That's it, yeah. Like, what's the one with Tom Cruise in it? It's like Faraway Place or something. Yeah. It's like... Faraway Home or some shit like that, yeah. Yeah, something like it's that. It's like, oh, Chase, Myra. Yeah, like, we all, we all make fun of that stuff. But at the same time, at the same time, we encourage it for some reason. In, like, a different way, mm. you know? Financially. Financially, yeah. Because there's so little representation... That we take part representation. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's literally it. Yeah, there's no no investment. We need more investment. The country needs more investment. But at the same time, we need to do better as well. We need to start looking at yeah. indigenous films. You know, domestic industry. Better that's term. such a... Sorry, I was just thinking about, like, when uh, when there's so little, like... um, Jesus, what is the word? Representation. That you just go for, like, whatever. Like that. Imagine, yeah. like, and that's in terms of, like, you know, our, like, this is Ireland having, like, a small fucking economy or whatever. But that in terms of, like, you know, like, minority groups and stuff like that, like, that's the same thing for those groups. It's the same thing, yeah. We're basically the most oppressed country in Europe. I'm just, I have to be <laughs> sure, yeah, whatever, yeah. I'm not, not going to argue, fine. Let's just go we, with that. We are oppressed minority as Irish uh, people. Yeah, let's go. No, that's, <laughs> like, Mark, we were Is that talking, not what you were saying? Mark, that's not what I'm saying. Like,. <laughs> We were just talking about how, like, we were talking about before the podcast of this this anti anti mask QAnon bullshit. That's us. That's us. I've been won over by them anyway. Oh god. Some of them, man. Some of those videos really win me over though. Oh, Mark, shut the fuck up. Not, not the QAnon ones, but no nine eleven stuff. Too many coincidences there. <laughs> oh, except nine eleven. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. I just mean in terms of the general representation. That's the thing. That's the thing with you know you know the access to these kinds of things it's just a matter of capital like what's our economy is like half a trillion beans you got half a trillion beans that's a lot of money mm, it's also not really <laughs> it's also not but like for a country our size and like our population that's a lot but at the same time a lot of that is just like microsoft and google and like all these lads just running up the numbers so like it's just a problem of we don't have the investment coming in you know we're focusing on like oh we need fdi we need foreign direct investment we need to attract all these companies from abroad but it's all tech companies. It's all companies that you know that produce like computers and uh, software. You know, it's only because we're a tax haven. Yeah, yeah, that run the admin for like you know the fucking lads in uh, DC and California and stuff like that. We should be looking at you know stuff like A twenty four, stuff like hmm. Paramount Pictures, stuff like Universal. You know, the people who do the real work in this world that produce films. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that we can you know project a, an image of ourselves to the world, and then increase tourism and stuff like that. That'd be, there we go. That'd be my pitch. That's a minister. If if we were in government, if you're gonna be a tax haven, be a fun tax haven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, at least you get good films out of it. Exactly. Like you know the way all these countries have like uh, tax incentives for for productions that shoot in their 
in certain states mm. and stuff like that. We should have that. I think we do. But we, we don't do. do it, we don't do Game it enough. Game of Thrones was shot well, in the north. Mm. I don't know where. Yeah, but we have to have more of that, you know? But you know, there's like the Limerick Institute or something like that. They do loads of film stuff. Oh, do they? Yeah, they work on stuff. Limerick's mad. For, Limerick is where that stuff is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like ex- like totally uninformed. Like, mm. I don't know anything about the Irish film industry, really. I'm pretty sure. I've heard before from Blind Boy, anyway. Blind Boy <laughs> hyping up Limerick. Um, yeah. But like from Blind Boy, I've heard like multiple times, like, yeah, Limerick is kind of... The spa. The spa. Because they have like... Because f- I was looking at their courses as well for masters and stuff like that. They have loads of shit. Loads of stuff. Uh, the problem will always be that London's like... London's pretty much the same distance, you know? Mm. Which is like... A lot bigger, obviously. Yeah, you get to London quicker than you get to Limerick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you... It's, it's, like, close enough anyway. I, like, got way more investment, way more jobs in that kind of industry. That's always going to be a problem for us, but, you know, that's the story of the last thousand years. You know, it's, it, it at the end of the day, the, to answer the question, it goes back to, you know, what's it called? The Norman invasion. Mm. When you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're way back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Good Irish films, they exist. But <laughs> They're out there. We're going to find them. We're going to find them. At some point. That's our next series. Yeah. Irish films. We could do that. We could do that. Maybe bad. Nah. Pretty long. Definitely not going to do that. It's too specific. Too much of an effort. Yeah. Um, my recommendation for next week is the Before <coughs> Sunset Trilogy. All three. All three. We're going for all three of them. That's four hours, man. We've talked about this many times off podcast that we really want to watch these films. That's very true. After watching, you know, two very long films in a row there. We might as well go for a trilogy. Why not? Yeah, might as well just go the whole hog. Yeah, four hours. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Sounds up like for that. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know? Uh, Richard Linklater, Eaton Hawk, Julie Delpy. Yeah. What a queen. What a queen. So, the whole trilogy, all three, Before Sunset. No, what are they called? Before. Before. Before Jury. midnight, before sunset, before sunrise. Yeah, the before. No, trilogy. wrong way, wrong, wrong way around. <laughs> before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. That's the way they go. Ah, uh, yeah, grand. So that's an instruction to the listener. Mm-hmm. Watch all three. All three. You better. Full spoilers for them. <laughs> yeah, full spoilers. <laughs> you know, as always. What happens at the end? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe they end up kissing. Ah, uh, count me out. We'll be two bros. <laughs> Maybe the kiss. <laughs> Who knows? Who yeah. knows? We'll be back next week for episode 50. Whoa. Episode 50. Oh, shit. We have to do something special for that. We have to do something God something knows mad. what we'll come up with. Who knows? Maybe there'll be well, something special. Well, the listener, they're in for a special surprise next week. We can't promise it. We can't tell you what it is. We can't tell you what it is. Nor can we promise <laughs> you that it will be <laughs> different. <laughs> but... We can say that something will happen. Something will happen. <laughs> <laughs> there will probably episode be an episode. Episode 50 will be out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what we can guarantee you. Absolutely. Okay, everyone. God bless. God bless and goodbye. See you.